Hey guys, it's Christina. This is Vox and Guest, and I am so excited because I have sitting with me Keith from Nightfall. Keith, say hello to everybody. What's up, everybody? I hope you all are having a great week. <laughs> they are. It's even, even, even better now because they've got you, and they're going to be listening <laughs> to us talk for the next 60 or 70 hours like we usually do on this show. So, of <laughs> course, they're having a great week. Um, okay. We have so much to talk about, so much to talk about, but um, I think you may or may not know that as a, as a serious and prominent now journalist, I feel it is my duty to begin every episode with a really um, meaningful question, okay? And it's, is this sure. maybe difficult for you? But, you know, trust me and we'll get through it, okay? Um, are you feeling comfortable? Are you ready to tackle it? Sure, let's do it. Okay. If for the rest of your life, you either had to shave your head or get a mullet, which would you choose and why? Well, I've already had to shave my head in the past and I could, and I, I could, I could pull it off. So I would probably do the shave head versus the mullet. The mullet is a, uh, is definitely a lifestyle choice. Um, <laughs> that is probably best kept in the 1980s. <laughs> if there, <laughs> there. I, I, you know, as someone who is, um, follicularly blessed as you are um, with the fabulous hair, I had to ask you that question. And I said to myself, there's almost no way that he's going to choose the mullet, except that you are such a devotee of some of the elements of the 80s that I thought maybe thematically you might go with the mullet, but I could see you rocking the shaved head. I could totally with the, with the goat and everything. I think you probably look pretty badass. Yep, and I've I've had to do it before. I've got I've got psoriasis, and when it was oh. when we, we weren't um, treating it like again, trying to find the right treatment for stuff like that is always painful. So hard, yeah. So we finally found the right treatment, but during the time when we were like testing pills and other injectables and stuff like that, and things weren't working, the only way to treat it was topical, and I had to shave everything. Wow. Um, in order to treat it so that it wouldn't you know be so bad because because it was everywhere like if, if once i shaved my head it looked like i had a tattoo on my head okay that's and how bad you you could have been post malone and you didn't even know it you see right. you just you could have just done it <laughs> but, right. okay so, so you you've experienced it firsthand you know yep. that you can rock it so there wasn't even a question for you no nope, yeah even. but once, once the treatment started hey my hair my hair came back and it came back nicely because it was beginning to thin out really 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 bad and fall out oh that makes sense yeah yeah see look you 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 your hair came back with a vengeance yes it did Man, I'm fabulous I'm happy about that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i am too it's it's part of the whole aesthetic you i i i have to tell you you gotta prepare for me for tonight because i am gonna geek out on you and your music pretty hard i am a diehard 80s music fan of and everything that that means and i have been waiting to interview you because while your music is very definitely modern it has so much 80s influence that it makes me like want to pee i love it so much and so i really wanted to have this conversation with you because i i want to talk to you about like all of that all of that and where all that came from but let's start way back talk to me about keith and how keith became a musician in the first place 
Um, so back when I was young, so it started when I was probably about five or six. Okay. Um, my mother had me do boys choir. Okay. So like, like legit, like we're Catholic family originally. Mm -hmm. So it was, my mom would have me do all of, you know, those little workshops and like stuff at the church and stuff like that. So I was constantly doing those things. Then when I turned seven, um, she wanted me to take violin. So she enrolled me in the Thayer Conservatory in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Okay. I feel like and, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an old school building, like old school building, like around, around during, you know, uh, probably like the Civil War. Holy age. shit. Okay. okay. So it's an old building. So um, I went there and started the Suzuki method. Okay. So that was what we did. Very popular and, car, yeah. Right, and I could not, I could not read music. I had no theory whatsoever. So okay. my teacher, but my teacher quickly discovered that I could mimic pretty much everything that she did. So that's okay. how she taught me initially. Was oh, she teacher? Would, okay. Yeah. So she would, she would play it and then have me mimic it, and then during our lessons, that that's what we would do. Eventually, I figured out how to read a little bit. Okay. Um, which eventually left my head later in life, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I made it to book three. Okay. And um, the I was in I was in a children's symphony orchestra at, at the time, but the problem that arisen was whenever I would play, I would grind my teeth. The sound of the sh- the bow on the strings would make uh, me grind. Yeah. It was like I a chalkboard totally, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally understand that. Okay. So That's I like a sensory nightmare. Yeah. Physically do it with that sensory issue, so I quit, which made both my mother and my teacher cry because they considered me a prodigy. Yeah. Um, and then my mother had uh, my grandfather's acoustic piano, the acoustic brand piano, upright piano. Um, hadn't been tuned in years, and I sat in front of it and just started hitting keys. Like, okay. Just like this, with two fingers, I would do this. I didn't even know how to play chopsticks. I was just literally hitting the notes and figuring out in my brain how they correlated with each other. And after, you were like what eight ish, nine ish by this point, maybe? I would say I would say it was probably. Well, let's see. I did th- basically three years, so I was ten okay, when so I quit, 10. Okay. quit violin. So okay. I probably started picking up the piano right around eleven. Okay. Okay. And a, a veteran like at this point of <laughs> right. of all so sorts felt, of things. Yeah. Yeah, and I felt like I needed to keep doing something music, so I mm. figured the piano was there, it was accessible to me, and yeah. I started. I just started playing. Um, and then I started teaching myself, I started writing music. Um, first song I ever wrote was, uh, was a song called I'm a Cowboy. Okay. <laughs> this was at 11 years old. That song will never be available for anyone okay, ever. I was going to ask. Because <laughs> um, it was it was silly, but that was literally the first song that I ever wrote. Hey, you got to start somewhere. And um, yeah, so I just kept playing and kept playing, kept practicing and kept practicing and kept practicing. And it was like, some I'd come home from school and I would probably practice until dinner time. And then wow. even after I ate dinner, I'd practice even more after that. And okay. then go to bed. It was my life. That's all I did. Yeah. So, and then that kept on through teenage years. I ended up doing musical theater, you know, throughout uh, high school and stuff like that. So I did even more singing and dancing. And um, the auditorium at my high school had, you know, a piano that was accessible for anyone that wanted and had recording software there too. So I would start putting my ideas into that computer. And luckily my my teacher, uh, uh, Mr. Michael Keating, um, allowed me some freedom to do stuff like that where he wasn't he didn't really allow many of his other students to do stuff like that 
So he allowed me to, and I, that's where I started, you know, writing some of the, the you know, the first songs that, um, that I ever wrote that were like legit songs. One yeah. of which, one of which a couple of years ago was recorded um, by an old teacher of mine, a voice teacher from college oh, no um, as, a, as a pop version. He did a pop cover of that song. Okay. So. Wow. So, so, okay. So I'm hearing a couple things there in, in, in up to this point in your musical journey that was mom a musician? Did mom want to be a musician and wasn't a musician? Was mom just thinking kids should learn musical instruments? What was the big push for all the, I mean, I'm glad she did right. it obviously, but like not all parents have that as a priority, unfortunately. So, right. So mom's dad was just like me could pick up instruments and just learn how to play them. Like he, okay. he, he taught himself violin, piano, accordion, certain huh. percussion instruments. Like he okay. was just, you know, he learned by ear. And mm -hmm. my mother was convinced that I was him reincarnated. Okay. <laughs> convinced, absolutely. That must have freaked her out then when you started playing his piano. Yeah, yeah. It, it, she, but, but she recognized it pretty quickly because she had mm -hmm. had a dream the night that I was born and her dad came to her, had been coming to her after he passed away and stuff like that. And he told her that that, that night was gonna be the last night that he was going to come to her. And he never, he never came in another dream since then. So she put two and two together when she and saw so many you. similarities. Look at this. And believes wholeheartedly that I am him come again. Wow. Okay, I'm. I I want to ask you what you think about that, and I also don't. So <laughs> it's kind of up to you whether you want to answer that or not. No, I mean, listen, I, I do believe in a lot of different supernatural things because I've experienced some things that are just too much to be coincidence. Okay. And we won't go into real detail about that, but there's definitely been some points in my life and some some things that have happened that have made me go, whoa, like this is that there's something to all of this. Okay. So I, I you know, I, I, I roll with it. I roll with it. You okay. know, I think that it is highly possible. And the fact that I've been able to teach myself multiple instruments over the years, just like he did. Um, he also mm. did guitar and stuff like that, too. Um, and he, he and my grandmother made all of their children learn music. Okay. Then. So like they, my, my mother knew how to play the piano, she, you know, but she didn't anymore, you know? So okay. she wanted, she wanted me to have that gift basically. And, and she didn't have that kind of prodigious, just sit down and pick it up kind of thing, I no. guess. She okay. had to, yeah, she had to work at it. She didn't okay. have it natural ability. She had to work at it. She could read music and that's how she would, you know, learn to play things. Okay. Uh, but there was no emotional connection to the mm -hmm. music where mm -hmm. I had the emotional connection, which was the difference. That that's everything, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's the whole thing. If you've got that, it's, it's, even if it never does anything else, you've got to do it, right? You've got to make the music because right. you're just, you're tethered to it. So, Emotional, okay, that's, that's, yeah. I was gonna say emotional always sinks in better and is more relatable than technical expertise. That's exactly right. And, and it's a conversation we've had in, in, in many different forms on this show that, you know, people would rather listen to a band that fucked up sometimes, but was really passionate and in it rather than a band that is like, machine-like precision but zero soul you know right. so exactly. um and i will take that any day of the week so i now but but the thing is with you we don't have to choose because you you have both <laughs> and i gotta tell you i mean i um i dug in 
on your catalog because you know I, I listen to everything that I can that's available and everything and and you know it's about to get much bigger which we'll get into um you know a, a little bit later your catalog but um I want to make sure that before we go really any further because first of all in the chat they're always like song song we want to hear the song but I want before we get into much more of the discussion for anybody who hasn't already heard Nightfall I want them to hear what you do because it's going to make everything that we say after that make a lot more sense. <laughs> yep. And it'll make my fangirling um, even more understandable, I think, for people. But um, so we are going to play the newest track, Starfall, um, with a super cool video. So why don't you just say a little something about it before we play it, and then we'll come back and we'll talk more about it. So the concept of Starfall happened in 2020. And the premise of the, the emotionality behind the music was, you know, everything was going sideways. We had COVID. We were, you know, potentially going to war with, you know, North Korea. Like there was all this stuff that was looming. Yeah. So I thought to myself, I mean, man, what would happen if somebody decided to push the button mm -hmm. and everything were to get launched? And then I took it one step further so the lyrics definitely embody that. But then oh, yeah. the video, I'm like, you know, we're so plugged into everything. Let's use the idea of a virtual MMO, people literally playing a yeah. virtual MMO, like, yeah. you know, virtual reality gear, the whole night, like the future of gaming, mm -hmm. you know, doing this fantasy video game and then w basically coming out of it into the apocalypse. And that was the whole premise. You know, just a little whatever. Didn't really think about it very hard or anything. So, guys, you're about to listen to something epic. You're going to watch something epic. And it's going to be gaming and music and apocalypse and, like, all the delicious things. <laughs> so, I'm not, I can't say it any better than Keith did. Let's just let you enjoy this. Seriously, put your knees up, sit back, relax, and enjoy Starfall by Nightfall.
okay. <laughs> now we have to sink into it because I, like, I really, I, I have to tell you when I was listening to everything, um, I played it for Greg and I said, I said, I know you're going to love this. So you got to listen to it anyway, but you know, we're sitting there and we're rocking out and everything. And I said, you know, Keith's music makes me want to go do shit. Like it makes me want to like climb a mountain or fight a bear or like, you know, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know, like learn like Java or so. I don't know. Like it makes me want to go out and do shit, which is not like generally a, a high priority of mine. I prefer to stay home and not do things if I can help it. But like, it's just so epic and like cinematic and it it's... Oh my god! Like, there's so much to say about it, but I like I will I will focus. I promise. But like <laughs> this this song, um, it's so kick ass. The video is so kick ass. Like, you know, when I started putting together the gaming element of the video concept, and I was like, oh, because it needed to be better, right? So we've got gaming going on now too, and it's such a cool concept and everything. So like, we we will go into all of that, but I think we need to frame up for people how your band works because it is a little unusual in the structuring, right? Yeah. So you guys may have noticed <laughs> that um, Keith was not singing that one, nor was he acting, um, you know, for the most part in, you know, the main role in the, in the video or anything. So um, this is a very cool concept and it is working really well for you. I don't know that it would work so well for everybody, but why don't you explain to everyone about this collaborative roulette kind of setup that you've got for Nightfall. Yeah. And, and cause I, I think it's, I actually think it's brilliant. Um, and it, the people that you have found are so gifted as are you. So it works really well, but explain, explain Lucy, explain to everybody what you're doing with Nightfall. <laughs> it's cool. So it is as of this moment, a studio project, you know? So the idea that I had behind it is, you know, I've been out of the music world for an extremely long time. Oh, yeah. I wanted to come back and turn all of these ideas that I had had into something. I wanted to create an album. I wanted to be a recording artist, something that I, you know, a dream that I had given up, you know, when I decided to have a family. Right. Because you were out so, for about a decade, right? More even? Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, the last show, the last actual show where I played an instrument live was probably 2009 at that point, right, right. maybe 2010. I can't remember exactly, right. but it had been about, you know, I don't know, over a decade since I had recorded new music. And and we should, we should also just add in for everybody that you were involved with Anaria, you know, like, he involved writing all the demos and everything with Jessica and and Todd and and then it was it was what uh, Vince Ethos before that right that was so right. this you 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 were steeped in this kind of symphonic power metal eighties like I can't even describe it adequately but like for a long time and had had all these ideas and then just said you know what I'm gonna focus on having a family and so as we know that will take a decade out of your life right away from whatever it is that you want to do so you guys should be aware of this and by the way we'll get into this later on too but you can find um not the anaria stuff with with keith as far as i could tell because it didn't seem to go back past like 2014 or 2015 but like so, the events ethos stuff is online uh, so so if you actually go to the 2014 ancestors release 
the demos are there. Oh, see, I missed that. Damn it. Okay. The okay. Demos are there. Yep. So I'm going to have to go back and listen to all that now too. That's why they, they, so they, they had released and they, they, it was under a different name. They had released the, the tracks um, in 2014 and then it was taken down because we didn't have agreements, all that stuff put okay. into place. And at the time, you know, we, none of us were really talking to each other. Um, we had all gone our separate ways. You know, Todd was doing his thing. Jessica was still with Anaria doing her thing. I was out of the picture completely. And there was just mm -hmm. no, there was no, yeah, no communication yeah. between us to get an agreement where we could, you know, have all that stuff online <sighs> and everybody get their, their slice of the pie, so to speak. Frustrating. Yeah. So, um, when I started coming back into, so the, it all plays into this because Jessica, who's in the Starfall video, who sings yep. Starfall, yep. you know, is the singer from Even Sethos, you know, yep. she and I have been friends for, you know, a long time. Oh but yeah. We had just, we had just lost touch because I'd moved away. Right. I'd have kids, you know, and I wasn't in the scene whatsoever. I was still supporting Anaria from afar, liking their stuff, you know, listening to their music, buying their yeah. stuff, yeah. you know, because always a fan of what she does and, 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 you know, the supremely band talented. Yeah. Supremely talented. I always believed in her. Like when I found her, cause I found her through, uh, I want to say band mix was what it was. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's like Earl with one tooth that knows how to play the comb or something, but not well. And you found Jessica. So I found okay, Jessica. You, you are gaming band mix like a master at that point. If that's who you found. Right. Because, holy because the shit. thing that we had had prior to her was having issues. And, um, you know, we decided that working with her was not a good idea anymore. Okay. So we were, we were having an open I like audition. all the stuff text of that okay <laughs> right so we, we were having an open audition and you know a couple people signed up for it you know um but i was looking for people to invite to the audition mm. and i i found her and i invited her to the audition and, and just like i knew it from the moment i heard her yeah she ended up you know, all the guys were like yes yes she's the one and i was like told you um <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> i told you so i've always been a fan of what jess does um yeah even from the beginning. So when I started doing this, um, we started talking again, like right around the time I released uh, Waiting For You, maybe a little bit before okay. that. So year and change ago. Right. Okay. Uh, again, maybe a little bit longer. So, but we started talking again and I told her what my plan was and she was just the same old kind Jess that she always was. And she was <laughs> like, hey, you know, if you, if you need me for anything to help cool. you get kickstarted, very cool. You know, let me know. So I shared my demo folder with her. And I wrote Starfall back in 2020. And that was back when I was still in the Anaria Even Sethos mindset. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I wrote Starfall, it was completely with her in mind. Now yeah. I didn't tell her this. Yeah. I didn't tell her this at all. When she went through my demo folder, she picked that song out. <laughs> yeah on her own and said, that's the one that she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then she said, you know, I, I could, I, I actually wanted to do more than one, but you know, you said pick one. And I was like, if you want to do more than yeah, one, I'm not going to say no, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. So she did choose another one and right. it was a song called farewell, which will probably be our next single. Okay. Very um, cool. We'll get into that in a little bit, but oh, yeah. um, she decided to do that one as well, which I've, I've heard um, the, mix so far that we've got on it and uh it makes me cry every single time i listen to it because of the subject matter it's my farewell to my mother oh, okay oh wow my mother okay. passed away in 2017 and i wrote this song about dealing with the grief 
of losing her. And okay. um, so the song is literally the stages of grief, the five stages of grief in music wow. form. Okay. Oh, so it's a farewell to your mom. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. Farewell to um, mom. That and her voice and your music, I can't, whew, I can't even, that's going to end up making me cry too, damn it. Like, I'm it's, already it's almost epic. crying and I haven't even heard it yet, but okay. All right. It's, so, it's so. Epic. And there's okay. a lot of people that have their hand in this one. This is a, a big collective. Um, so again, getting back to the initial question. Yeah, yeah. Look so, at that. We remembered what it was. Yeah. The whole so collaborative thing. <laughs> the whole collaborative thing. So it's it, it started, you know, I was talking to Jess, but she hadn't really committed to anything yet. I was looking to get Waiting For You. Waiting For You just happened by accident. It was a very mm -hmm. 80s nostalgia riff that I came up with. Fantastic. And um, my buddy Patrick, um, so Patrick is the guitarist on a good chunk of the songs. There is oh, another yeah. guitarist that will be featured on the album as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Actually, two other guitarists. Right. You got Sergio and George, I think? George, yep. George, okay. Because I know Sergio directed... The Starfall video, yes. or was it a okay? Yeah, he is also so. he is also now. We've entered into a contract. He is now going to be doing the rest of the album for mixing and mastering. Mastering, he's oh my, and we're going to talk about that too. But holy fuck, the production on your stuff yeah. is like gorgeous and pristine. So it's like this. Wild see what I mean, though? Like this is a nesting doll of of compliments that I have to get out of my brain. So I'm going to shut up and let you finish. So you <laughs> you you and Patrick met in a very cool way, though. Actually. So he is married to my wife's best friend. Okay. Um, so that's how I was introduced to him. And he ran classes at the Guitar Academy for guitar, production, drum. He's, he's a multi-instrumentalist, very talented mm -hmm. guy. Mm -hmm. um, he, back in 2011, he ended up on Leno, Jay Leno, and doing something called the four-handed guitar with his, with his buddy. Uh, oh, where, wow. Where he did a cover of Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. And he was a viral artist on YouTube back then. So stuff happened. He no longer had, he no longer had an account on YouTube. His original account got deleted and all that stuff. So oh, he had no. to start back over. But he is such a massive talent who is an orchestrator as well. Oh, yeah. So I started coming to him to relearn how to do production. So, yeah. you know, yeah. how to record which programs to use, which sound libraries, you know, we started, you know, going through all of that and he taught me. Well, and, and, and in the decade you were away, so much changed. Exactly. Like it, it's like a whole new world. So right. that's a great person to know. <laughs> right. Right. So he started teaching me the production side of it. So I'd bring my laptop to the guitar Academy. We would go yeah. over mixes that I would make. He would help me fine tune you know, just so I could get demos together like, yeah. and whatnot. And, um, you know, I started coming to him each week with a different demo of a song and stuff like that. And it got to the point where he was like, okay, this, this, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> no you know, shit. <laughs> if you, if, if you need any help with this, so again, please let me, <laughs> yeah, please don't, let me help. <laughs> don't twist my arm or anything. Yeah, exactly. He was like, that would you like was, me to please? I'm in your band now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of what happened. Like yeah. He was the staple, the staple guitarist. And he helps me with, you know, the ideas for the drum aspects, you know, to mm -hmm. make it more human. Cause I, I can sit here and play drums on my keyboard all day. Right. And right. it's probably not gonna, so I've learned a lot, even just rehearsing with him mm. where that stuff is concerned. I've written, I mean, he wrote, he wrote the drums to the Musketeer, but I've written most of the drums since then. Okay, okay. So, um, so 
So, you know, I've learned uh, my ability just by working with him has has gone exponential to Absolutely. where it was, you know, prior to starting. Um, so during all of this, I knew I needed to find a singer. And, you know, I needed somebody that was going to rock the, the socks off of everybody. And Guys, this is so cool. You need to pay attention right now yeah. because this was a masterstroke. And when you hear who he, I'll let him do, but like, listen, pay attention. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I know they're in the chat like, blah, 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 blah. listen, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go right. Ahead. So I enlisted the help of a, a very cool website slash app called Fiverr. Fiverr has musicians from all over the world. And this actually kind of really sparked the idea of being able to work in a collaborative way yeah. remotely with people from all around the globe. Yep. So I, after painstakingly listening to probably 300 plus <laughs> different vocalists on that app, I'm actually kind of glad you weren't like, D was like the third person I heard because I would have been like, fuck, you should play the lottery. <laughs> okay, so you had to, you had to comb through. And... Right, I combed through. And, and listen, th there are some people who are in the beginning stages there. Sure. Let's, let's be kind. Just, we all start somewhere, yeah. Yep. So there are, and, and there are some vocal styles that just don't fit what exactly. I'm doing. You right, know, you've exactly. got that, that airy Lorena McKinnett, you know, style. You've got the, 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 right. the or like Macy runs. Gray or something. It's not going to work yet. Alanis so. Morissette. That, they're just, just these vocalists that don't fit the style that I was going That's right. For. Great people, especially, just not the right timbre, not the right feel. Right. Especially with that first song being 80s, I needed somebody that could capture, you know, the Pat Benatars of the world, the... Um, Vixen, Vixens of the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rita yep. Ford, the Lita Taylor Ford, Dane, the Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, all that right. whole. Yeah, the big right. hair, big Bonnie, voice. Yeah. Bonnie Tyler, that's a great one. That is an oh, absolute yeah. great one because I absolutely adore her um, and Meatloaf. But oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that does not surprise me even a little bit, but okay. <laughs> listen, keep, Jim keep Steinman, it, part of it is Jim Steinman. Oh, yeah. Jim oh, Steinman's music is a huge absolutely. influence on me. Mm -hmm. And I and and actually one of one of the songs that we have coming up is got a little bit of a tribute to him because I wrote it when he passed away. Oh, okay. Well, you know how holding out for a lot of his music has those big percussion dun, dun, drums. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of my a lot of the songs that I that I do has big percussion in, yeah. Oh, yeah. in them, and that is completely on purpose because he is a major influence on me. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a song called "The Hero Walks Alone," um, which has that holding out for a hero drums yeah. in there. Uh, okay. in, in a few places. Super and that bombastic. Is a yes. Tribute. Yeah. Direct okay. tribute to Steinman. Okay. Um, so I, I needed somebody that was gonna be, you know, that that was this just this vocal powerhouse. You needed someone with massive chops, right. massive chops, like a Shannon right. Darcy or yeah. You need you needed right. a voice. So a voice, and there uh -huh. were and, and, and I had narrowed it down to about ten, and some of them were some of them were wow. extremely expensive. Okay. Like we're talking like a thousand dollars for like three minutes, you know, like a holy like, shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, professionals, like like yeah, like, yeah, like big professionals that that did. Like I had this one girl that could do a whole bunch of stuff, but she was like you know, a thousand, a thousand, like, it would be over a thousand bucks to get her. her. Name was Amanda Power. I'll never forget the name. Okay. Um, she was really, really good, and I was like, I was. She sounded a little bit more nasally. Let's just say. Okay. 
It could have worked. It could have worked. But then the different timbre from what you chose, though. Right. Not easily so, at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. So when I heard D, she oh, was yeah. one of the last ones that I grabbed. Like I had listened to so many and I grabbed her and I listened it. And she could get these low, like yes. raspy tones that yeah. normal women just can't hit. And I was like, okay. So, and I, and I always look for the unicorn, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of my thing. Like Jess, yeah. Jess was always a unicorn for me. That's the reason why I invited, invited her to the audition in the well, first she, place. She I has mean, like a, uh, doesn't she have like a theater yeah. background? She can do, a, she, can do a, she is a, a very versatile with her vocals. Yeah. And, yeah. So that, know, that is kind of a unicorn though, because sometimes that kind of a voice is so theatrical. Yep. That it cannot read anywhere but in theater. And it, right. you know, like you don't want to hear someone, you know, going like, we can afford to be innocent. Like you don't, you don't want that. Like you need <laughs> somebody who, and so she, you know, with Jess, it's definitely like, now I know her Jess. It's like, whatever, we're buds. We're going to hang. So Jess, call me. No, but like, you know, with her, it's like that you have that, you, she can go all over and it sounds right. authentic and legit. But so with D, I and and I, the fact that you mentioned those, the, that real her low register is bonkers. She almost sounds androgynous, right? You know when I've she does people, that, which I've is I've had cool. people mistake her for a guy. Yeah, yeah. Like well, until she ends up in the rafters, right. and then it's kind of hard then, to mistake her for yeah. Then it changes, but but initially, like there was a couple people asking me, "Is that a dude?" And I was like, "No, that's a girl." Yeah. And they're like, yeah. "Are you serious?" And I was like, and even Patrick was like, "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> I was like, how the heck? he was like, how the fuck did you find this person? And I and I talked, I told him, you know, I was like, this is what I did, and I just listened. And he's like, you just have this knack for finding people. Um, so between Van Mix and now Fiverr, and you find Jessica and D. <laughs> so oh, guys, it, this it, is this is D Wolf. Better. This is D Wolf. Okay, D -Wolf. so 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 Keith Peter. very wisely honed in on D, yeah. and and she did the first three. Mm -hmm. So waiting for you, um, she took on the project because it, 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 and funnily enough, she took on the project because it was going to get her outside of her comfort zone. Mm, okay. Because she's not she's, used to she's getting. She's from uh, Italy, right? Italy, she, correct. Yeah, okay. So she's not, I mean, she, she told me later that she, the reason why she took it on in the first place was because this was going to get her in her higher register, which she doesn't sing as much in. Okay. Right. So, but she's got that, that low, she's got that low grit that, you know, just that raspy tone. Yeah. It, it's just an amazing tone. She sounds amazing with everything that she yeah. sings. Yeah. If you've ever, um, she has a version of Creep. Um, oh, I got to hear that. Okay. Oh, go, 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 go look it up. Go okay. look up uh, Creep. Um, her version of Creep is what sold me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Given, given what I know from the three of her that I've heard, right. um, I, I, A, I can completely hear that and B, I have to, cause that's gotta be, that's gotta be very cool. Especially when yep. she ends up at the, at the uh, the end there. So okay, so you so, you found D. I found D. She, yeah, she agreed to do waiting for you, and then um, we talked about doing the musketeer because I didn't really have anybody else at that point in time, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what, this is a really cool song. It's still got an '80s vibe to it, but we're getting now moving more towards the symphonic power metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the stuff that I really wanted to to delve back into. Um, and I created this line for her and the first take that she did, she, she did try to change, not <laughs> singing that fast. Like she tried to, is, to is this the, we always stick together. We are always in forever one for yes. all is. Yeah. And, and guys, seriously, like I, 
so we're gonna we're gonna because there aren't too many that are out so far you and i are gonna go song by song so i don't want to get too deep into any one of them right now but i put on this song the musketeer okay and there is this riff and it's very fast and it's very distinctive and it's a through line for the whole song and i'm listening to it and i'm like that's cool okay and then d starts singing and i'm like okay very cool you know it's it's a cool idea we'll get into all of it and then keith has d singing along with this riff and it is not something as a singer i'm sitting there at, and you know i had to pause it and go like we always look together. Like, can I do it? You know, and it holy fuck. First of all, it's a tongue twister, right? Yep. And secondly, it is it is so it's so fucking cool because it just everything you make sounds like it should be in a movie to me. Everything like, you know, whether it's literally a movie about like the three musketeers or whatever, if it's if it's some, you know, I, I said to Greg at one point, like Keith's music. And I mean this as the highest compliment because I am, as I said, an 80s dork. It's like the moment in every 80s movie when they have the montage, you know, and like you're watching Rocky, you know, punch meat because there's a Russian that he has to fuck up later. Or like you're watching Daniel-san like, you know, like training with Mr. Miyagi because he has to like save japan with his karate or whatever like whatever the fuck but like it's always those moments in the movies where you're like yes fuck it up and like <laughs> that is what your stuff reminds me it's again it makes me want to do shit and it feels like a montage and like i think anything that can pull that off and not be the slightest bit cheesy which is the magic here because yep. it could get to a cheese and it never ever ever does and i think that's largely down to talent because between you and Jessica and Patrick and D and like Pete and all the other people, like you have a, a whole roster that we can go through. Like you have to be able to pull that off and have it sound legit and professional and serious, yeah. but it's so much fucking fun because you, you have grabbed that whole feeling of that symphonic, 80s power metal fusion kind of whatever thing you've grabbed it right by the balls and you have it and it's perfect like it's per and then you put this production on top of it which is just it's yeah, so it smooth you know and everything's in its place so i mean like i the fact that you <laughs> you handed her this line and said okay sing this and she's like um but can i sing it this way so what was she trying to do with that line she was just trying to maybe sing it halftime or something like what was the no so she would she would sing it but then then, then she would uh she would like break for a second and then finish it so okay and, and she kind of does i i let one of them stay in and if you listen to the very end she kind she i, I left i left There's one a of little them breath okay where where it was sung slightly different okay right at the end of the musketeer but i i was like no i need it to be this way and and you know jess will tell you the same thing any musician that has ever worked with me i do not let anybody half ass anything yeah. i you don't want the whole ass i appreciate I'm that tough. yeah i am yeah, tough yeah. and but well you but, know what you want it to sound like right i am tough so when i give notes it may seem like i'm coming off like an asshole Okay. but it's not meant to be that way it's meant to pull out the absolute best performance mm -hmm. that we can 
put together. So I'm not mm -hmm. just, I'm also a producer at heart too. And that's yeah. what I, I try to do yeah. is I want to make sure that we are absolutely killing it and not just, you know, going, okay, good yeah. job. You know what I mean? You, you really, you thing. can't, yeah, you couldn't do that with the kind of music that you make either because right. any one part that doesn't work would let the whole thing down if that right. makes sense. So I, I hear you, but right. yeah, it can, it can be tricky if you, I mean, you know, if you're not intending to be an asshole about it, then it kind of comes I down to how people you're like, no, I'm, but, but you're not intending to be an asshole. You, as you said, it's like, because you know that they can do it. You probably it's, wouldn't it's be working with them fix. otherwise. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tell them, I was like, look, when we start talking about the songs, Keith's going to go into business mode. It's going to be okay. a completely different Keith. Okay. Than you're used to because again, I know what I want. I know what I hear. I'm going to give mm -hmm. you notes. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not right, I'm going to tell you to redo it. If something doesn't gel with my ear, mm -hmm. I'm going to say this doesn't gel. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's figure it out. You know, so, but Jess will tell you that I do the same thing. I've always written very difficult lines for her and mm -hmm. it gets her outside of her comfort zone. But you yeah. know what? It always makes everybody better when you're mm -hmm. outside of your comfort zone. If you're if you stay inside the comfort zone, you're not learning anything. Right. Hans right. Zimmer, look at Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer comes up with new instruments for a lot of his scores. And he asks these players to come up with these impossible tasks. And somehow they end up pulling it off. If mm -hmm. you watch any of the behind the scenes of the stuff that he's done, go watch it. He's okay. got he's had flute players create a new type of flute. <laughs> Okay. Does he play. he knows what he wants it to sound like, and the thing that would make that sound happen doesn't exist yet. Yeah. So he makes it exist. Okay. Like that's that's the level that he takes it to, right? Okay. So I kind of model myself after that because he's one of my major influences as a composer. Okay. And you know he always gets the best results. He's <laughs> like the music he creates is just so much fun. You know everything from stuff that he's done in like the Gladiator to the yeah. theme song to Days of Thunder. I bet yeah. people don't even realize that he wrote that song with Billy Idol. With Billy Idol? Yeah. That's that I written. did. The Billy Idol part I did not know. Okay. Hans Zimmer, written with Billy Idol, sung by David Coverdale, The Last Note of Freedom. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. There's a little so, music trivia for you, folks. <laughs> there, yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some music history and trivia for you right there. But I, I look at what he's been able to do with orchestration mm -hmm. and rock music because he incorporates a lot of rock music into his orchestrations or stuff mm -hmm. that could be rock music. Mm -hmm. So he is the perfect composer to look up to if you're trying to do this style of music. Sure. Um, and even like my my biggest influence, which is Nightwish, you know, uh, Tuomas uh, of Nightwish, the keyboard player, his favorite composer is Hans Zimmer as well. Okay, there you go. So it all comes together. There's something to it. But yeah, so D, you know, we got D from Fiverr and I just knew that this was going to be a thing. And, uh, you know, waiting for you, like everybody received that song really, really well. Oh, I mean, yeah. I have a video for it, but like even on like Spotify, 30,000 plus views yeah. over the last yeah. you know, year and a half or so from a band that had absolutely no followers. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, people that didn't necessarily like Starfall went and go listen to Waiting for You and are like, ooh, I like that one though. You know, so the cool thing about Nightfall is every song may not be for everybody, but I right. bet you on the album, somebody can find at least one song on there that they're like, ooh, I like this. Yeah, yeah. And that is part of the idea and why we're doing the collaborations the way we're doing is because yeah. songs are different 
there's certain elements that are going to be the same, but yeah. the overall themes of the songs are all a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, with different vocalists, you know? So, and then Dee did Invincible for me. And I knew because of what she did with Waiting for You that she was the right person to sing Invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she gave me the first take on Invincible, she was not feeling well. So when it came back to me, I'm sitting here going, I'm like, huh, there's no emotion. There's no grit. Yeah, what she happened? Was, she yeah. was taking care of her voice. She was she was not trying to push yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah. So I literally, because we could have released Invincible in October um, instead of February. Okay. So I told her, I was like, you rest up. Yeah. Because I know what you can do in this song. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you time to rest up. When you're feeling better, let's tackle this again and, and, and nail it. Yeah. So we waited and she gave me the take that is now in the version of Invincible, which was exactly what I was looking for. No, I, I mean, it really, um, you know, because I'm sitting there and, and as, I, as I prep, I'm obviously gathering information on who's in the band, what do they do? And I'm like, you know, okay, well, I know Keith, like I know of Keith, we have interacted a, a little bit before this, but not too, too much. And I was like, all right, so I know it's Keith, but, but then it's like, all right, well, you know, there, there's, there are these women singing, they're not the same women, you know, and then, it, then when I really started to understand this structure that you have that, and I mean, you do, you have a huge, I mean, not huge, but it's like a good eight, nine people that you're working with in, in different, you know, at least that I know of. Right. So, I mean, we, 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 we look at that and go, okay, so you have a certain level of ability that you require, right? Right. That the music demands, if it's going to sound like what you want it to sound like. And you are finding people who, cause I mean, you could do everything with D, you know, sure. but you're not. And I think that's cool. And I think, and I'm cause like, so you, if I, if I, if I understood this correctly, you are going to have someone growling on one of these. Is that Marcos? Who's going to be yeah, growling? Yeah, okay. Marcos. You have a couple growly people. Okay. So the, well, I mean, a like couple, I'm, a couple of, of songs that will have growls in them. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, that's a different element, right? That's not something that I've heard so far. So, you know, one of the things I thought was really cool about what you're doing is not only the fact that you're collaborating with all these people, but if you go to the Nightfall website and you look at, you know, the about info, yeah, there's you, there's Patrick, it goes into Jessica and Dee, but you have highlighted everyone. And it's done in a very generous way. It's not like, oh, yeah, and then these people happen to also be like, it's my, it's my project. But uh, uh, you make that face, but there are people who would do that. You know, it's like, well, it's my band and they're just kind of guest starring or whatever. Oh. But like, it's, it doesn't seem like you have that. You're not renting these people. It seems like no. you have relationships with these people or you develop right. them. Um, so how does that, I mean, how did you find it? You know, was everybody on Fiverr besides, you know, no. like, okay. No. So how did you find everybody else? So when I started the project, when I released the Musketeer, I joined, um, a power symphonic group on Facebook, um, okay. with, uh, with, uh, Martin, uh, John Price and Martin White, I believe are the, the moderators. Okay. Um, both big, just big fans of the genre. Right. But in, in that group there's a ton of budding uh, artists in there as well okay. so when i posted my stuff i got some really cool comments and support from mm-hmm. um charlene emerlute and gideon emerlute 
Um, they are absolutely just fantastic human beings. They do a project called Woods of Wonders, okay. which is a, very different. It's, it's a full theatrical production, but symphonic power metal. Like, oh, but wow. they have people like it, like during the songs, there's like actual spoken words, the entire story. Oh, okay. So, it's, so you it's, have to listen it's to like it a metal version of a rock opera kind of thing. <laughs> it, it's exactly that. It is a okay. metal opera. Straight okay. up, a metal opera. Awesome. And um, a couple of the vocalists, like they um, had it like Alina Lesnick, which is a big YouTuber um, out in the world and stuff like okay. that. So they had some like pretty big names, people that I didn't recognize, but like everybody that was on that album was absolutely just fantastic. Mm. So I started developing a relationship with Gideon and Charlene, okay. and both of them are just fantastic human beings and it's similar situation, have kids, you know, they're trying to do this out of their own pocket, out of right. England and stuff like that. Right. And then when I released Invincible <clears throat> um, and posted it everywhere and stuff like that, Pete commented, so Pete Rockcliffe commented, on Invincible. Now, I had heard one song from Crown Crown Solace at that point in time and was already like, this dude is pretty sick and mm. I, I, I want to work with him, mm -hmm. but I need to be careful about how I, I just want to be like, you know, coming out of the gate going, hey, do you, you know, I'm, let's, let's work on this because he's probably got all this stuff going on. Sure. Right. So I was like, all right. Pete is awesome. He's he's commenting on how much he loves Pat Benatar. The stuff that he posts, I've, I, he's done covers of things like Nightwish. Like this dude is like my like other half in another human being. <laughs> okay. So I just started talking with him, and sure enough, I was right. Like he is legit, like my other half, and we just became fast, fast friends. Um, I, I absolutely adore and love this man. Uh -huh. Um, so when I asked him to be part of the project, he, he, you know, was, well, send me some demos. Let me listen to what you've got. Okay. And when I sent him a couple of just like the, you know, cheapo demos, I hadn't really put a ton of work into him. He saw in them what, what? the possibilities were. Right. Right. And he was like, man, okay. So the stuff that you're doing is awesome. I, you know, let's do this. And I gave him an idea of what I wanted for the hero walks alone. Okay. The part that I had him sing was originally for a female vocal. Oh, okay. Okay. But because he is a sopranist Excellent. himself and Excellent. he sings operatic style, like Taria from Nightwish and you know, oh, wow. from, from Epica and stuff like that but he is a man. Very cool. I was like, how cool would this be to have him sing this part? Whole other texture, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And shock the crap out of people when they realize that it's a guy singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, you got D doing the low end. <laughs> right. And you got Pete all well, the way up high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, it, it though. It comes, it comes full circle. So he had a friend named Stephanie Keogh, who at the time was one of the singers for uh, Nergard. And she is the, you know, YouTube jack of all trades singer. So okay. she, she does, she, she can do everything. She can growl, she can, you know, do highs, do lows. She's theatrical, does musical theater, very good with costuming and makeup. Like she is, wow. she does everything. Okay. Um, so he, he had the idea of maybe getting her to sing something on that song to contrast, like get some, some kind of lows. Okay. okay. The part that I have, it, she, what I think we're going to end up doing is she's going to sing the harmony to the low because the low that I have is very bass. Okay. It's very low and very, and it is very, okay. very growly. If you've ever heard of a YouTuber called Jonathan Young, 
I don't it's think so. That he he made his he he's a huge YouTuber now. That's uh, uh, with uh, the Judge and Jury Records. Okay. Um, and he started by doing Disney covers, like, but the, he's got this low bass baritone. Okay. Grit. He's also <laughs> contracted by Magic the Gathering, Wizards of the Coast, and has done an entire album with uh, with, Matt Heafy, okay. with Matt with <laughs> with Matt Heafy of Trivium um, for Magic the Gathering. Holy like, shit. Okay. That's how big this dude has gotten, and he sang it. He sang the cover of uh, Pokemon with the original singer of the Pokemon theme, Jason Page. <laughs> I'm having a small nerdgasm over here. Don't he is I? amazing. <laughs> if you have there's not just so much going him, on here. Yeah. Okay. If you have not okay. heard him. You need to. You need to check out Jonathan Young. He has become okay. huge, but I've okay. been a fan of his for like eight years. Okay. So, um, okay. but anyway, and, and he's one of the people that inspired me to get back into it because of what he was doing from his basement, basically. Um, so yeah, but so that was Pete. That was Stephanie. Yeah. So, so he contacted Stephanie for me and was like, Hey, I'm going to be working on this project. I know you and I have always wanted to try to do something together and yeah. we haven't yet. Do you want to maybe make this the project where we Excellent. actually do something together? <laughs> um, so, you know, she's going to uh, hopefully do The Hero Walks Alone, and then they're going to sing um, sing a song, the, the intro track to the album. It's, oh. called, the, it's called Children of Children Time. Children of Time. Right. Yeah, okay. And that one, that okay. one is going to be sung by both of them together. Oh, cool. And that song features George Acker on guitar. Okay, okay. That song is all George. Okay, so um, no Patrick on guitar for that one. No, Patrick's on bass okay. for that one. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So if yeah, because he does rhythm guitar too and lead and bass and Swiss yeah. Army knife of stringed instrument kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah, I do pretty much all the orchestration. Um, he, he basically does the guitar and bass and occasionally when I get stumped on a drum hmm. issue, he helps me out with the drum issue. Right. Um, Sergio has also been doing, you know, a lot of the bass work on some of the the more recent songs that we've been working on these last few weeks here, um, as well. Um, just because with what we're contracted to do, he said if if I need bass work, he'll be, he'll be happy to oblige. So I was like, sure, do it. Um, so it's kind of just like a, again, it's a it's a it's a, it's a jack of all trades album. We got everything yeah. going. Yeah. Um, no, but, Marcos, but, that, but yeah, yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say Marcos also does, it's, it's a very subtle growl at the very end of Children of Time, but it's okay. there. Um, okay. So he does that and he'll be growling for Hero Walks Alone as well. Oh, wow. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, it, it, what, one of the things that I'm enjoying so much about this is that you are building like a, a microcosm of a community, right? You know, you've got your album is sort of an indie music community in itself, you know, and, and, and I think that the fact that you're meeting these people, you're developing these relationships and, you know, I, I get the sense from you and, you know, have sort of gotten that very quickly since we started talking that, you know, your standard for what you're going to put out is very specific, you know, it's very high and it's very specific. And I understand that some people might not like that, but I think that, that first of all, given the way that you relate to music, right? That you have this innate knack for it and that you have this deep connection to it. 
it makes me think of something that that Ambrose from Anger Overdose said. Um, there's the Anger Overdose mentioned, but um, that 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 Ambrose said um, in answer to to one of the last couple questions that one of the hardest things about being a musician for him is getting what's in his head out into the world yeah. and having those two things match up. And when he said that pretty much everybody watching was like, Oh my God. Yes. Like the, and the thing is that I think that how willing to compromise on that one is determines how difficult that is along with how complicated what's in someone's head is in the first place right so if someone's basically coming up with chopsticks getting that to translate outside their head is not going to be all that hard but you really are your music is like the sonic version of the most epic complicated kick-ass D&D &D game that like anybody could ever put together right and it's like there are all these pieces and all these layers and there's a delicate balance there too because I mean like you will have something that's very orchestral something that's very um you know again epic and kind of arena level just cinematic vocally and the guitars are just shredding it up and 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 the harmonies for the guitars and everything and then you'll have these blast beats going underneath it. And it's like, okay, you know, not necessarily what I would have expected, but it's exactly the way that it needed to be, right? And so there are all of these pieces. And what you've done in the way that you've structured this band so collaboratively is that you can really cherry pick exactly the right people for exactly the right song to get exactly what you want out of it and then you're willing to hold them and yourself to that high standard yep. and they're willing to let you do it which is that's kind of you've got the hat trick there right so it's like because people could be like well fuck that this guy's an asshole and i yeah. it was good enough and i and it doesn't sound like you've come across that so far no no like some, I, I, think, I think i think the asshole thing is is more or less i feel more asshole-ish for having to say the things that i have to say but the good news is is that most of the people that are doing this with me are in the business they understand industry sure. standards they understand yeah. well and and they take pride like complete pride in what they do it's not that they're they're willing to let me you know say do this do this okay they want to they want to be a part of it they're excited cool. to be a part of it Very and cool. that's more that that's just again that's the relationships well and I, and i guess what i meant more was not like oh you know they're willing to let you just whip them in the shape but it's they're open enough as people and as musicians to to let themselves be challenged to achieve what they can achieve and that's yep. not something that i mean hell that's not something that i would necessarily do i mean i i can't tell you how many times i've you know the guys will 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 say oh we should cover this song and i'm like i can't do that and they're like yes you can i'm like no i can't pull that one off and it'll be a fight you know and and it's you know i'm sort of learning there you go you got it's unagi right <laughs> <laughs> Great reference. Thank no, you for no, getting it. It's, it's a mindset, though. That's yeah. The thing. Like, listen, some of the stuff that I've done on the piano, I could not do for this album. I could not do prior to doing this album. Okay. 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 I pushed myself. I practiced. I did. I worked harder 
for some of the arpeggios that I, the classical arpeggios that I do, mm. you'll, you'll see them in Children of Time okay. um, and stuff. So some of the stuff that I came up with for the piano was beyond my skill. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. Could I play it live right this second? Probably not. I would probably have to spend even more time sure. working on it. But in the studio setting where I can take it in pieces, I was able right. to, I was right. able to still play it all. I, you know, I didn't go in and I didn't just like put notes in and to make it happen. I still played everything that's mm. on the album, mm. but I had to take myself so far outside the comfort zone um uh, in the realm of what i'm used to playing and what i'm capable of playing mm. to make it happen mm. you know and there's a reason for all of this okay when we did the original demos in 2009 there was a song or so it was our epic called faces in the mirror yeah okay Perfect. yeah that was originally for a rock opera i was planning um it's a, a vampire rock opera okay which may still come to fruition at some point in time because I still have tons of music for it. Just so th it this is like the real legit version of the thing from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Is that have you seen that movie? Yes, and <laughs> and, and I was writing it when that movie came out, so everybody was like, "It's Keith! It's Keith!" Um, Spectacular. Okay, okay. So, uh, to be fair, I actually thought that was pretty good in the movie. So you know, it was a cool concept, but this. Yeah. This is a little more, bit better, right? <laughs> the, the other reason why I started writing it was because Elton John created the musical for the Vampire Lestat for the for interview. Yes, with the that's Vampire. right. That's right. And it was awful. The music <laughs> was too campy. It was too happy. He did not capture the essence of that realm. No, El Elton never came back after the Lion King. I'm sorry. Like it no. just there was some some too much sugar, saccharin, whatever, was, got into his brain. <laughs> He's still making money, one. but yeah, it's. Uh, there was one good song in that entire musical, and it was called I Want More, and it was Claudia's song. Okay. It was the only song that was worth its salt. Everything else was crap, okay. in my opinion. Um, <laughs> sorry, and, 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 I, and, and if Elton John ever watches this, I am sorry, but, you know, man, it was not good. And, and I, I hold you to a higher standard than that myself. There you go. Um, Sorry, Elton. But sorry, Elton. <laughs> you're, you're, but you're, you're so talented. You're See, he says it, Elton, out of love because he knows that you're even better than the Lestat you musical. Because I so love your you music, and you're one of the most accomplished piano players in the face of the world. So, I like, love that we're talking real. to Elton John right now. Like, there's any chance? Actually, if anyone's going to somehow six degrees of Kevin Bacon his way into Elton John watching his boxing guest, it's probably you. So, I'm going to go with a non-zero chance on that. But okay, so Listen, you're gonna, you're gonna make something that is I love him but that that musical was not good so I, <laughs> I started creating one that you know again the songs were a little bit more simplistic because I was younger at the time okay. which means that there's a lot of room for them to grow okay. um, now that I'm older and can revisit all of this stuff mm. but I had like an in like the pretty much the entire first act and part of the second act for the music written okay. wow. I just need I just need someone to help me with the storyline now the storyline was Picture like, you know, kind of like an angel type character from Buffy. Yeah, okay. Okay, but in the world of the role-playing game Vampire the Masquerade. Okay. The world, dark, the world of darkness. If you've ever played that, if you have not. I, I've only read about it. I have never played it, no. It's a, the, 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 it, again, it's a really cool concept. It's like a vampire D&D &D essentially, but right. they have, the, the world is so complete 
That's the okay. reason why I love it is they have different clans that have different abilities. They have, mm -hmm. you know, their own line of royalty, their own head. So there's a whole universe, a they whole, a, every yeah. city has a prince. Like there's okay. this entire like way that their entire society is. This is right? the nerdiest like thing ever. And I love it so much. <laughs> I'm it's, here it's for got it. Some, it got some underworld to it too. Okay. Right. And you've got, okay. you know, so, but the whole idea um, was centered around, um, this song that I wrote called Faces in the Mirror. And the whole right. premise of that song was this is the the end of act one. Okay. okay. The girl, the human girl thinks that this guy that she was in love with engaged to way back in the day has been dead for like a decade. And she randomly runs into him by accident and Whoops. throwing her entire world out of sorts, right? Okay. So she's that in that her takes apartment. ghosting to a whole other level, but okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's what he, he was not allowed to have contact with her <laughs> because they faked his death to turn him into a vampire. Very literal ghosting. Yeah. Okay. Literal so. ghosting. So she's sitting or standing in front of this full length mirror, yelling at the mirror all okay. of her frustrations and anger and all of this stuff while he's literally at the windowsill watching all of this unfold. But she doesn't know it because. Vampire, no reflection. Yeah, have a reflection, right, okay. Right. So then halfway through the song, and this is the part that made me angry, so this, this song was definitely musical-esque. Halfway through the song, there was a part where he, they, they duet together. Okay. That part was cut from the original demo. Why? And by whom? Because, by Todd. Okay. Damn okay. you, Todd. And so, Todd, we like you even less than the Lestat musical told, for that, Todd. <laughs> I told him that, you know, I didn't, you know, that I, I could sing it, but I wasn't the right voice for it. You but knew he, what it was supposed to sound he like. He didn't want to bring in somebody else to just, you know, sing that. He didn't want to take the time to find somebody. Mm -hmm. He wanted to move past. The studio was too expensive, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I get it. So we cut that. So there is a version of that song that is, you know, not mixed and stuff like that, that still has that original has vocal. The out okay. there. I, I would have to go digging for it. I don't know where it's at, okay. but it, there's a part where they kind of sing back and forth. And then the final chorus, it, which they left in is them singing the final chorus together. Okay. And okay. you know, the, the, again, it's a romantic play. So it mm -hmm. ends with that big kiss going into okay. act well, two. But I imagine that in a song like that, that section is probably critical to the plot development yep and so for that to be cut it's kind of like you know it, it still worked for the metal song sure but it still not worked, but it i, I can't it imagine lost. how much that must have galled you specifically yes. though as a as a and i mean this in a in a in the not um negative sense of the word as a perfectionist in terms of how you want things to say you know to to match up to what is your that must have driven you nuts that like was the, the that was the beginning of the end of even see okay okay if i'm being 100 percent honest that was when mm -hmm. todd and i started clashing a lot more well but you know what though that i when you were talking about the reasoning and look i understand studio time is fucking it's like a mortgage i get it like it's it is very expensive but like when you were describing that discussion and the rationale for cutting it I'm thinking this is the exact opposite of Keith's entire approach to everything. Like, I don't want to bother bringing in somebody new. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, do all the work I need to do to get it to sound yeah. exactly the way yeah. I want it to sound. Like, so that can't have just developed as an issue out of whole cloth just around that song. That is a mindset and a philosophy 
that is baked into how you make music in the first place. So right. I could completely see where it's not like you guys had a tantrum over one thing. That's a that's an almost irreconcilable set of perspectives. And when you're in a band with someone, and especially being as now, because I, I feel like I know you so well, but like clearly what you do, that wasn't going to work. Like there, there was no way that was sustainable if that was, if that was the other side right. of things. We, we released it, but I wasn't happy about it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because the song to me was not it, was, it, it, it And it's great. I mean, like, it's great and it works. And it like, you know, it's not like I'm sitting there listening, going like, oh, I feel like it's missing something there. But you knew what was supposed to be and was not. And so, yeah, why would you be happy with it? Right. Right. You know, and, so, okay. And, you know, with the success of everything, one of the things that I would absolutely love to do is re-record yeah. these, these, the songs that we did with even Sethos, not yeah. just in a demo form, but like release them under Anaria the way that they were supposed to have been. But I mean, the thing is though, that, I mean, so, what I found at least for events ethos was winter shadow. There was pain. There was faces in the mirror, um, remnants of wings and awaken, right? Those are the wow. one. Okay. So those are the ones that were out there and they don't sound like demos. Like they no. don't <laughs> like no. when you guys hear Keith saying they're demos, right? Like, you know, demos for most people are like, okay, well, you know, you can hear your cat using the litter box in the corner, you know, like this is not, <laughs> this is not demo level as no. far as, as I consider it. Like, and I, and I knew that that was the, 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 the wording that you had used around this stuff. Cause this was back from like, oh, nine, 10, something like that. Right. So I knew, right. I knew you were considering them demos, but I was like, what the fuck? Like what, what was going to get better? <laughs> This is what but we then I heard, but, but then I heard what you do now, and I went, okay, you know, and actually even listening to Anaria, and now I have to go back and find the the little Easter egg there with the you know the the demos that I didn't realize, but um, but it it's it's it is a different level, right? But it's still so good. Like the demo stuff was still so good, but yeah. okay, so you you would and I could completely see where there are areas where you would fill out and thicken and richen the, 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 the stuff that, that is out that is already quite good, but in yep. your, for you, a demo. So I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, like, why wouldn't you do that at this so, point? If you've listened to the Musketeer at the very end of that song, there's a big, there's a big drum, massive oh, drum. Oh yeah. Very yeah, end, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I did that in that song was because I never got to do that in Faces of the in Faces in the Mirror. Okay. There was supposed to be, but we didn't have the means to do that back then. Uh, okay. Right. There, the 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 libraries for virtual sounds and stuff like that wasn't where where it no, is. Stuff no. Like that. No. And we didn't have any big kettle drum that we could just you know take a, a sample right. of at that point. In time. Right. Right. So there was a there was a part in two actually it happens twice in Faces in the Mirror that because I wanted it to be like the you know Circle of Life Lion King drum yeah at the well, very yeah, end that, of that, the like the wall of drum boom. yeah 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 big boom and we never got to put it in there so now with all the new stuff you'll see that that's that happens probably a couple of times in these songs because yeah. I love that it makes it even more epic when that happens absolutely um, you know like for example like with War Cries I've got I've got multiple you know, kettle drum beats going on in there to symbolize war drums. Okay. You know? So I love that type of stuff. Tribal beats, all that. Like that's, I love that type of drum work. 
So again, the song, the, the, that particular song, I mean, I, I could let the other ones stand. Those are done the way that they were supposed to be done, the way that we envisioned them back then. Could I do something with them now? Sure. But are but they- You don't finished? need to in that right. same way. Are yeah. they finished? Yes. Is Faces in the Mirror finished? No. no. I want to do that, at least that one over yeah, again? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because when you said that about the drums, a little light bulb went off for me, which is why- I was making that stupid <laughs> face just a second ago, but I think one of the things that is so, why your music lights me up the way that it does. Let me see if I can articulate this correctly. It is that you have such a good ear for and connection to and sense of what musically, lyrically, vocally, instrumentally, and even just the sounds that you choose, the rhythms, the tempos, all of it, what, what will evoke what kinds of emotions, thoughts, impressions um, in people? And I, I bear with me here because I know this is a little bit esoteric, but it's it's important because I don't think it's something I've ever articulated about a band before. It's like when you have a drum beat like that, when you have a, a, a sound like that, a big kettle, like, you know, that big boom, like you said, that places the listener somewhere emotionally that's very specific, right? It does have that you know, call to arms, battle cry, big cinematic epic, you know, like, you know, there's just so much baked into that. And placing that where you place it is gonna put that mood in that spot, right? right. Are you with me so far? And then yeah. like, so when you do something like, okay, so waiting for you, I'm listening to the song and I'm going, okay, first of all, the intro to that song is so, fabulously 80s hair metal like it is i'm i'm on the hood of a car crawling around in a little night like i mean like it is just so <laughs> of its time of its place it's note for note perfection of that genre right so i'm already into it then i get this kind of foreigner like cold as ice kind of feeling from it, which like weird maybe, but like there was something about that that resonated with me. So you got your chuggy guitar, you got your squealy riffs, your solo, whatever. The vocals are huge on the song, even though it's a quieter song relative to the other ones that you do, right? Right. And then because D has this almost like, like if Cher sang metal, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like oh, she's got, you know, because she's got that, she's got that timbre, that throaty kind of, you know, people shit on Cher, but I actually, I always like Cher. Cher is very distinctive, and you knew it was Cher, and there's something about Cher it doesn't sound like anybody else, right? So, right. and then I did hear Bonnie Tyler, I did hear Taylor Dane, I did hear all the Aquanet ladies of the '80s, like just, you know, belting it out. But then I'm getting journey separate ways, and then this the piano riff is, riff is so distinctive, right? And Van it's Halen. so it, Van Halen, like it's so arena rock, me and and you know, and then right where you want the big shreddy guitar solo, it's there, you know. But the lyrics are actually saying shit, right? So it's this idea of like. You know, I'm basically, I'm waiting for you to hurt me. I'm waiting for you to break my heart. I'm waiting for you to walk away. I'm waiting. And so it's like, 
I put all of those things together, right? I've got my 80s hair metal. I've got my, you know, 80s ladies. I've got, you know, all, all this stuff. And, and it just, I can't get through a single one of your songs without feeling something. And it's the weirdest thing because it's so specific that it makes me feel like I did when I was a kid in some ways because it taps into all of that 80s DNA, right? But it makes me, it it just, uh, I can't articulate it, Keith, and I'm sorry for rambling, but like, I don't think any of that is accidental, like not a single bit of it. I think everything that you have in a song, there's not a spot in anything I heard of yours where I was like, that didn't need to be there. Or, okay, this is a little over the top or, oh, that's a weird, what, like, it was just exactly all where it needed to be. And, and I think that because you feel and understand music in the way that you do, it, it reminds me in some ways a very different kinds of thing, but in, in, in some ways to how I reacted to like Steam Slicer and what Joel did with the, you know, the, the albums and, and just that, that, that it made me feel things that I didn't expect to feel and didn't even necessarily understand. And it was similar with you, you know, again, a different kind, different feelings very much so or whatever, but like, I, if you can't tell, I, <laughs> I really love Nightfall, right? But like, I know I'm talking a lot, but like, so I guess my, I don't know, I don't even feel like I have to make a question out of that because people are used to me having like, you know, monologues for 40 or 45 minutes without the, the guest <laughs> actually saying anything, but like, I get like this when I love the music so much. And I think that it's, it's, it's fun for me to analyze what was so visceral in my reaction. And I think that you have a very analytical element to how you, cause you do compose, right? And a right. composer has to compose. That's the whole point but you also have the emotional bit. So it doesn't sound mechanical. It doesn't sound planned or plotted or soulless or whatever. So like, I mean, does that just come from that thing where you're just woven into music where you can sit down and pick up the piano by ear or pick up the violin or pick like, where do you think that comes from? That just that marriage of, you know, the mind and the heart and all mm -hmm. of that. And, yeah, so the, the music, I mean, the music, I may not be the greatest lyricist in the world, and I do, you know, for some of the songs I have, you know, ask for help because I get sure. stumped. Sure, but <clears throat> which is good music, by itself, I, I know what the emotion is in the music. Mm -hmm. That's what it is for me. When I create a piece of music, it is 100% emotional. It's not okay. technical. It's 100% okay. emotional. It is what sounds good to me, but it is what articulates the feeling that I'm having at the time of its creation. That was a much faster way to say what I was trying to say. Thank you. No problem. But I get, I get that though. I really do. So, so in the songwriting process, then walk me through that. What that's like. So, do you generally start with a riff? Is it sometimes lyrics? Does it depend on the song? It depends on the song. So, okay. like for example, I'll tell you the story of how Warcrys happened. So, okay. I was extremely angry. And I, I wrote a riff that I originally called Wrath the Fury God. Okay. Okay. And it was just a riff. There's nothing else attached to it or anything like that. Okay. I wrote that and I was just, I was in a super bad place. I was mad and this was getting my frustrations out, mm. which is why it turned into a war song. Mm. Honestly. Mm. 
Um, but then probably like a month later after writing that, because <clears throat> I didn't know what to do with it, <laughs> I was I went to go take a shower and I usually An angry shower. Yeah. No. No. But <laughs> then shower. you were calmed down a little bit. Yeah. I sing in the shower. I hum. Sure. I come up with. I, I don't know why, but a, a lot of times when I come up with a song, it, it had the the initial idea happens when I'm in the shower. I don't okay. know what that is. So I just was humming things and I was stamping my feet in the shower, mm. doing my thing, and that's when the 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 vocal idea for pound pound hit the ground. Okay came into fruition. Okay. So I wrote that part of it independently of Wrath, the Fury God's sure, anger okay. part. And I, I got stumped on War Cries. I was like, oh man, I don't know what I don't know what I should do here. Well luck have it that Wrath was written in the same key. Oh wow. Okay. War Cries. As as what I was started to do with the pound pound hit the ground. And okay. then when I sliced it together, I was like, wait a minute. I put that with it and I was like, shit, this works. <laughs> So it was like a puzzle and I was yeah. putting together a puzzle mm. and then, it, and then of course we, you know, I changed the name and war cries became what it was and it became this kind of Viking anthemic thing. And I mm. added all these different sounds to layer it in to, to make it, you know, big and then made the theme of it very much um, okay. Viking. Now, Stephanie, I had no idea what I was doing for the verses none whatsoever but she heard this song on my demo reel and was like this is the one i want to do okay and i was like okay girl you go get it and like a couple weeks later she came back at me she's like hey so i was playing around with it and this just happened and she had completed the rest of the song oh wow vocally wow. like all of my melodies were there and stuff like that but she had come up with the words and like it was brilliant and i and, a good person you know, to know <laughs> I, right so i i heard it and i was like okay and I, I do what I do, you know, I listen to it and I'm like, okay, this is amazing. This is amazing. This not so much. Let's sure. fix it. So I edit. Yeah. So I sent her back an edited version of it. And I was like, Hey, so this, this part right here got way too many layers. It got too, it was just too much there. Mm. Um, so what if we condensed it to this? It still has the same impact of what you were getting at, but now Cleaner. it flows yeah. better. Yeah. So I sent her, you know, my version of everything and what I changed. And she was like, yeah, I'm good with all of that. Like this, yeah, we, we've got war cries. And I was like, heck yeah. And then, you know, unfortunately, um, I ha she hasn't been able to record it yet just because a whole bunch of life stuff got in the way with, uh, with mm. you know, family stuff moving, okay. um, having to gut and, and redo an entire house, you know, and stuff like that uh, yeah. by herself to save money. Uh, so she's been, she's been, and then she got sick Little with Disney. COVID. Oh, <laughs> you know? Shit. Okay. Yeah. So she has a good excuse for not, <laughs> for not having right. had it done. So, okay. Right. Okay. So that's, the, so we should, we, you know, as soon as we get this one recorded, I cannot wait because mm -hmm. that's also the one that I did the, you know, if you guys want to, you know, sing the chorus with me thing. So people were able to send a version of the chorus um into me so i've got probably i think people that actually completed it maybe seven or eight people hey that's pretty um, good actually for the internet <laughs> did it right right did it so and then we're going to blend those voices with takes that mm -hmm. i've done takes that sergio is going to do with um so, you know he's got some people that are going to help with it as well to fill it okay. out to make it really sound big yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um and then then all we have to do is basically get stephanie to record her portions of it right. and that song is completed you know done um the the mix the, the instrumental mix sounds amazing i can't wait to be able to share that with everybody um you know share the song with everybody because it's going to be awesome um 
But so, but so that idea then that that you always, whether it's with a riff, whether it's with a lyric, whether it's with even a concept, it's always from an emotional place that it begins. Yeah. And then I guess the analytical piece of it, it's it doesn't even sound divorced from the emotional piece. It's that you have to think through and plan out and exact what you need to to get that emotional piece across. A, a lot of it is is on the fly. Um, so like okay. when I start doing the orchestration, I have a, an idea. Okay. But not necessarily like this is exactly what needs to go. So like for example, with War Cries, that just kept building. Okay. You know, the the uh, the low male vocal at the very beginning, the Oz, um, that really set the ambient of the song. Okay. Um, that just. I knew I wanted to throw a choir in there because that's one of my signature things yeah. that I do. I my choirs yeah. and French horns and strings. Like fr the, the, I, I've realized that the two things that I always incorporate in every, almost every single piece of music is choir and horns usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and strings is kind of just like, you know, the byproduct of everything. Right. Um, but I focus more on the melody with the French horn and the choir pieces more than anything else. Right. So, <clears throat> but that just kind of built and then mm. the idea as i was building that came to me okay well what if we make it like these you know big war drums dunk 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 and then yeah. i was like well what if we made a metal sound that sounded like a blacksmith forging a weapon clink clink so all of that stuff just starts to you know blend into okay okay now, <clears throat> for songs like children of time i had a melody in mind okay right and what i did is i just kept layering and layering mm. different mm. instruments that would have you know either a harmony or something that was slightly different and it just keeps building and building okay. but but it's still based on the initial melody that melody right if right you listen to the original demo of that song and what it became you're going to be like how in the hell did you <laughs> get from there to there get yeah from this to yeah. there yeah yeah you know cuz it is wildly different but the core melody is still there is okay the Right. So okay. sometimes it is just built off of the melody and just mm. building. Okay. Right. Sometimes it's a lyric <clears throat> that just like, there's no music to it. I just, you know, come up with something that I'm just like, I want to build a song around this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that happened with one of the songs, <clears throat> which I still don't have a vocalist for yet, which is uh, remember my name. Okay. Which that was the, <clears throat> the original idea of it was know my name. <clears throat> okay. But then as I was watching for the millionth time, the beautiful uh, Ridley Scott film um, called Troy. Okay. Actually, was that Wolfgang Peterson? No, it was Wolfgang Peterson. I'm bad. Okay. Is that Rid the one with Brad Pitt? Ridley Scott's Gladiator, Wolfgang Peterson's Troy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and Ridley Scott. Yeah. Okay. Which two of them, they're both huge favorite directors of mine. I mean, Okay. Wolfgang, Wolfgang did the never-ending story in the 80s. Let's be real. He's amazing. I mean, um, that had been all he had ever done. <laughs> yeah. That would have been enough. If that, that, if that was everything. Same thing with Alien. If Alien was all Ridley Scott had ever done, but then he gave And I kind of wish he hadn't done much past that. Alien and Aliens I would keep. Once we get into three on them. Well, four sucked. Prometheus is amazing. I love Prometheus. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Okay. Uh, Prometheus is like the, the, the prequel to the Alien series. Okay. Okay. But not it, like the it, shitty Star Wars prequels. It's a good prequel. No, it's a good prequel. Okay, right. Prometheus <laughs> was absolutely fantastic. And even okay. though a lot of people didn't like it, I actually liked Alien Covenant, which is the direct sequel to the prequel. 
Okay. So I could do without Alien 3. Well, I could, I, I, you know, I don't hate Alien 3. I could do without Alien Resurrection. <laughs> but you want to know what's crazy? Go back and rewatch that movie. I know we're getting off on a tangent here. Yeah, Go okay. back and rewatch <laughs> that movie. Kind of my thing. Three quarters of that movie was absolutely fantastic until they brought out that hybrid alien, whatever you want to call it, thing. And then the entire movie tanked from there on there. Forth. Like the, the Prius alien or whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. right. All right. But that's if you a, actually that's a... watch the initial story leading I, up to that. I point, might. I might be willing. <laughs> it was actually a good film. Yeah. There are a lot of things like that where it's a great idea and then just <sighs> at Poor the end. But... You know, just like they ruined it at the very, very end of it. But Thankfully, Prometheus, you don't do that with your music. Look how I brought it right back. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's still it's still early in the game. We could be having this conversation five years from now, going, "Hey, your last album tanked. What happened?" That was very Alien Resurrection of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the but, Alien Resurrection. But no, I mean, like, I I think that it's um, <laughs> I think that it's just um, I don't know. I I I really we we I guess we haven't actually said this, so we probably should um. Because people are going to hear you talking about children of time and war cries and, you know, farewell and all of this and go looking for it. Um, and they won't be able to find it yet. Not yet. But that's okay, guys, because first of all, you have, you know, four songs at least to sink your teeth into. And then you can go finding finding the, the older stuff, the events, ethos stuff and all of that. But um, you do have a new album that's coming out. Um, and the when of that is up in the air a little bit, but I will say before we get into that, um, you guys can pre-order it, okay? Yeah. It is pre-orderable, and you're going to want to do that because how can you not want this album after this conversation? Pre-order it. Talk Help to, me. talk, yeah, really, seriously, you guys know what that's like. I mean, you know, we got we got to get people to pre-order Destiny Calling, and we have to get people to pre-save Replicate by AOD. Those are like our, our two main goals for right now. We got to get everybody to do the game. got to pre-everything, guys. Yes. People putting stuff out, pre-it. Just do it. Because first of all, why not? And secondly, you know how much it helps. You know how much it helps. So pre-order it. But in the meantime, while you're waiting, Keith will explain the timeline shifting a little bit right Keith yeah. do we do we know by how much we, so, we were that's still very much up in the air now right the original plan at the beginning of last year was to try and release the album by the end of November but then right. we've had setbacks and it happens which is the reason why I never set a date okay smart but then I was thinking you know end of December I had said that it would come out at the end of 2023 that's what I was hopeful for right well now I have this injury that is preventing a lot of things from happening. There's still, I still haven't 100% completed uh, Remember uh, My Name. And I cannot really sit in, a, in the chair that I need to sit in in order to be in front of the computer for any longer than about 10 minutes before there's extreme pain in my arm and shoulder. Yeah, guys, you, you need to understand that when Keith came on, he explained that he's propped up in a in a magical sort of way right now um with pillows and painkillers and all kinds of tens machines and everything else because he feels like crap um and has had a really intense couple of weeks so the fact that you're here tonight first of all is is i'm grateful for that because i i know you're not feeling great and the fact that you're coherent <laughs> is also pretty impressive between the pain and and the remedies for it but so, so this I'm is, I'm you are, and, and th this is an unavoidable delay. Yeah, this is an unavoidable. So I apologize, you know, and I, I, 
you don't have to. I'm, what I'm what I'm planning on doing is one of the songs is going to be ready sooner than the others. Okay. So farewell is is going to get released as a single. That's one of the things I wanted to announce tonight. Um, okay. So that's the outro track to the album. Okay. I hate, I hate to give away stuff, but just because we're having to delay, I wanted to give everybody another, you know, another track to sink their yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And farewell. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, right. let, I was so, going to ask you if it's okay to do that because I would talk definitely. About it. It's a very emotional song for me. Um, this song was written about the passing of my mother. Okay, and my mother passed away of Alzheimer's in 2017. Mm. And my mother was a school teacher for 42 years. She was one of my best friends on this earth. She was the person who always supported me in absolutely everything that I did, even more mm. so than my dad. My dad always had reservations about the things I wanted to do with my life. My mother, she really didn't. There was a couple of times where she did, but that's when I had the conversation where I held her hands and I looked at her straight in the eye and I said, Mom, do you trust me? You know, and it's like, she was like, yes, I do. And I was like, then you don't worry about me. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, so she always trusted that I was going to land on my feet. And she always backed up any decision that I make, even if she didn't agree with it. Yeah, that's the way. An amazing woman. Um, when, she, way. when she passed, I'll never forget her funeral because she was a teacher for 42 plus years, right? So many students. I the amount remember. of students that came to pay respects to her. That's a testament right there. And all of them were from different generations. Okay. You had people that were, you know, in their fifties, almost sixties. And then there were people that were just embarking in their twenties. Yeah. You know what I mean? They had her as a fourth grade teacher and they all said, your mom was a delight. Your mom was my favorite. Yeah. She helped me do this. She helped me through this. You know, without her being there for me, I don't know where I'd be. To like, th- this is all of the stuff that I got at my mom's funeral. Wow! And it was one of the hardest ones because it happened quickly. She was in a car accident. Um, she had a TIA when she was driving, oh. and oh, she boy. crashed into a brick wall. Oh boy! Oh, she broke boy. her back, and she had already had an incident where she knocked her head so she was already having short-term memory issues okay so this just she seemed okay though that's the thing and at the time my family it was too expensive to live in massachusetts and my wife was like let's go back to kentucky tennessee where i'm from it's so much cheaper to buy a house down there yeah yeah so we waited for a while till my mom recovered and was home and she seemed like she was doing okay there was no you know, any worse damage to her mind. She seemed like she was recovering. She was walking again. Okay. You know, everything was looking on the up and up. Okay. So this is about six months after her accident. Um, We finally, you know, it broke her heart. I felt bad about that because, you know, we'd only had one kid so far and that was her only grandbaby and he was being taken away from her. So that broke her heart. But, you know, we said we'd come back for visits. Right. You know, all that stuff. So this was, you know, 2014 when we did okay. this. Okay. So over the course of the next two years, because it was like August of 2014, so it was almost the end of 2014. Um, over the course of the next two years, it just started to get worse and worse. My dad was in denial about it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. 
So he was just, you know, he was giving her like crosswords and like mad libs and stuff like that to do, thinking that it would just, you know, stimulate her brain. He right. didn't want to admit that she had dementia. So my daughter is born in 2015, okay, summer of 2015. So a couple of months after she's born, we, I go up to Massachusetts and I get my mom and, and I bring her, fly her down. I, I, I accompanied her the whole way. Yeah. Fly her down to my house in Gallatin, Tennessee, and you know we wanted her to spend a couple of weeks. And you know, my dad thought she was depressed, and that that coming out to see me for a couple of weeks would help the situation. Okay. But when she came out, it became apparent yeah. that she was in an advanced form of dementia. She would get angry about the smallest of the, like there was a light inside of a display that was on. And she couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So she was screaming at me. Okay. Turn it off. Like that's the type of stuff that would set yeah, her Yeah. 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 Focus on anything. When we tried to have a conversation, she was very slow to answer. Right. So we brought it to the doctor and confirmed that she was in the, the early stages of Alzheimer's. So with work, I got stuck out there when she started to get really bad. Like one day she could talk to me on the phone. It would be a tough conversation. But, but then she, the very next day, she no longer knew how to work a phone. Geez. And I did not have any time that I could take for like another 60 days. Even like I tried to get an emergency time, but it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But when I finally got out there, when I finally got out there, this was March of 2017. And she had, she had around Christmas time when she forgot how to use the phone. So it was a, it was a few months out. By the time I got there she was nothing, there was nothing left. She was vacant. She could not respond to me. There was, she was gone. She was already gone. And there was no, like, she didn't have any periods of lucidity, like, ever again. Wow. So I never got to say goodbye. That's the reason why farewell is so important to me. Yeah is this is my way of saying goodbye to my mom. So it starts off as a ballad, as it should. And I wrote a beautiful melody. Like, I'm so proud of the melody that I've written here. And I tried very hard to write the lyrics that I wanted to write. But again, my brain doesn't always do what I want. Right. So, but thankfully, I have such a good friend and talented lyricist in Jessica. So I gave her what I had and said, this is the part that, I'm, that I, I, I don't think it's right. Yeah. It doesn't feel right to me. Can you try something, to, you know, figure yeah. out something? Yeah, more? yeah, yeah. She did. And it's perfect. Mm. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. She, she used the same concept that I had in those verses, but she changed the wording to reflect the way it should, the way, the way it, it should flow properly. Okay. And then she added, she added a part um, during the, because there's different movements in this song. Okay. okay. There's three movements. Okay? okay. The first movement is the core of the song. It's verse one, chorus one, verse two, chorus two. Okay. But then if you understand the stages of grief, you have things like denial and anger bargaining and yeah yeah and yeah all of that stuff okay bargaining and then acceptance okay so the song flows so the first part of the song is the melancholy this is the grief it's the it's the right. sadness part where you're the depression right, right? right. 
So the first three minutes, because that's the part that you spend the most time in. Right, right, right. So the first three minutes of that song is basically that solace, that guilt that you feel. You know, because again, I felt guilty. I still feel guilty, (sighs) you know, that I was not there. I did not get to say goodbye. I did not get to tell her where she could understand me, you know, that I loved her and that she meant everything to me. Yeah. I didn't get to say that to her. So the first three minutes is that. Then it shifts to this big orchestral portion, okay, that starts to, you can feel that there's anger, mm, yeah. denial, that, that like it, all three of the emotions is, is in this, this section yeah. of music. The okay. bargaining comes towards more towards the end when it yeah. starts to shift again back towards the initial melody to end the song. Um, but that first part with the horns, I made it so that it sounds like somebody is just angry mm. at the world. Mm. And that's the emotion that I wanted there. And mm. then, and then the, uh, you know, the denial part comes in because the, the orchestral part shifts. There's, there's like almost kind of like three different melodies intertwined into each other. So you know, that first part is the anger and then that middle part is going to be, um, you know, the uh, the denial aspect yeah, of yeah. it, and then where the guitar solos, that's bargaining, yeah. and then when it switches back to the final chorus, the outro of the song, which is the outro of the actual album. Album, right? Okay, you, you end on acceptance, yeah. End on acceptance, yeah. I end the album on that acceptance, and then the bonus track, which is Invincible, is just. It's not part of the core album. It's just right, right. A bonus, extra, right? Extra bonus. So the, there's right. technically ten songs, and farewell ends the album where Children of Time begins it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's that's and that's why it's called farewell. And that's my that's my song for my mom. That's me getting through the depression, the anger, the grief, the guilt, the denial, all of it that mm-hmm. I have felt for years. Yeah. Because of not being there for her when she needed me most. Oh, Keith. I mean, I, I don't I don't fool myself that that my saying anything will make a difference, but I think as a mother what I can give you is that your relationship with your children is your whole life with your children. It's not the beginning, it's not the end, it's the whole thing. And to have a relationship like you had with your mother, where you knew that she trusted you, and that's how we learn to be trustworthy, right? When someone trusts us, you know, we can't learn to be trustworthy if no one ever just gives us a chance and trusts us. To have that, where even in those moments where she was afraid for you, and that's when I'm betting the resistance or the reluctance or the disagreement on your plans came from. Because you do, you are afraid, you want your children to be safe and comfortable and, and happy and to have what they want. Yep. And the hardest part about being a parent is that you can't give that to them. And the most important lesson to learn as a parent is that you shouldn't, even if you can, because then you're taking that ability away from your children. You had such a good mom um, because she gave you 
faith in yourself and confidence and self-knowledge and music and support and love. And I can tell you as a mom that there's no way she didn't know how much you loved her. There's no way that she thought you let her down. And I understand wanting to be there at the end and I'm not gonna presume to think that I know what you needed or didn't need, but it hurts my heart that you have guilt because first of all, it wasn't your fault, you tried. And secondly, when your mom was herself, she knew exactly how much you loved her. I, I can feel it in everything you've said about her in this in this conversation. Like, and I hope this isn't presumptuous, but I just, you know, I I I can't imagine that there's any doubt around that at all. So for whatever the hell that's worth from some random chick that you just met a couple hours ago, I I I can tell you that I I know that. I know that because you would not have had the relationship that you did with her if you two didn't feel exactly the same way about each other. No, and and you know, deep down I do know that, but it still it still hurts. Yeah. It's yeah. it's why it's why I overcompensated when my dad when my dad started to go downhill, yeah. you know, I moved, I moved him from Massachusetts. As soon as he started to go downhill, I moved him from Massachusetts to my home. Oh, wow. And even though he was unable to walk and unable to take care of himself, he was basically like another baby. Like my wife and I had to yeah. play nurse to him yeah. and I had to lift him out of a bed with a so lift, and we had yeah. to change, we had to change his, his diapers. diapers yeah you know, and stuff. Yeah. And then we did that for, you know, almost two years and, but we did it. Yeah. And with my dad, the closure was there. I don't yeah. have any regrets. Yeah. And that's it. And, and one of the reasons why I did that is because my mom made me promise when she was still alive, because she thought he was going to go first. Mm. You know, she mm. thought that with his, with, with his ailing, you know, health that he was going was, to go right. for her. Right, right, right. was a surprise. Yeah. You know, so because of all of that, you know, when probably in 2012, she, she and I had, had a conversation and she made me promise that no matter what happens, if something does happen to her, like she was cross, I thought she was crossing all of her T's and dotting all of her I's. Right. Maybe deep down she knew what was coming. Um, she made me promise that I would not let him go to a nursing home. Well, you know what, though, Keith, in a way, then you you gave your mother that too right and i you know <laughs> given the the connection that we talked about with with you you know her son and her father and how similar you know to the point where she thought you were him right you know yeah. that you you if there's that level of connection that you two had then i'm sure that however it happens your mother knows that you kept that promise and that's a I mean, I've 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 been through something similar with with my grandma, who was one of my best friends, and and it, it is one of the hardest things in the world to watch someone who took care of you need you to take care of them the same way. It's that's one of the cruel bookends of life, right? Is mm -hmm. that we we get older and we almost can go back to being babies, and then we have to hope that that our children are there for us. But yeah. you, I mean. I, I'm not gonna try to pretty it up. I can't, but I'm I'm so 
It's I I'm, I I mean rather than edit myself I was going to say is I'm just so proud of you as a son that you did all of this, you know, yeah. and 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 that's um even the fact that your your mom said that to you 5 years before she was even gone. That's that's a mom, right? Your your mom you try to get everything in place for your kids so that they don't have to think of you know what I mean like that that's just remarkable. It's and and, and I cannot wait to hear this song because um I have the feeling given what you've described even if I didn't know what it was about it would be epic you know and I would love it but just now knowing everything thank you so much for sharing that I mean I I, I never take anybody's honesty or vulnerability or 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 stories for granted ever um but that oof, I mean um and I love that your mom is closing out that album with you you know I mean that that's so it's so perfect to me. Um, yeah. Like I said, she was my every. I, I miss I miss her. Uh, if I could just have one more real conversation yeah. with her, that's I, I, what I wouldn't give for that, you know. Yeah. And granted, I I kind of know what she. I knew her so well that I and my dad same at the same respect. I know. I can kind of have those conversations yeah. because I know how they would react to the situation. Look, the, the, the time that my mother doubted me, I, I gave her good reason. Okay? okay. I quit high school. Okay. In my senior year. Okay. I told her I was done with this, you know, mamby pamby Catholic high school and all their okay. bullshit. <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to do it anymore. These people suck. They're awful human beings and I'm done. Hmm. You know, I was bullied very badly towards mm. and I was, I was over it. And my mother was like freaking out about all of this. But in my anger, I also didn't tell her that I had a plan. <laughs> so she was freaking out, freaking out. And I was like, mom, I've got something in the works. I don't want to mm. get your hopes up. I'm, I'm just going to go do it. And I just need mm. you to trust me. And so I went. And during the, the so I, I left school at the very beginning of October of my senior year in, in 2000. It was shortly after 9-11. Oh, okay. Wow. I graduated in 02. So Two, like, okay. I, I want to say it was like a month after 9-11. Okay. And, you know, so again, emotions were already high with everything where that stuff was concerned. Oh, yeah. So when I told my mom I was quitting school, like she was like, oh, um, but I went and the following month, uh, a little shortly after my birthday, I took the GED test. Okay. So I took the GED test and then, you know, I, I the school that I was in was a college preparatory school. I okay. scored, I scored better. You probably like aced 90, it. Yeah. 99% <laughs> of the entire country. taking yeah. that. Test. Yeah. Um, and I ended up putting myself, uh, I started college a semester earlier. Yeah, you were done. Yeah, why not? I was done with high school. I didn't need it anymore. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. realized that I didn't need the graduation. I didn't need to be, um, I just didn't need that uh, justification. You know what, though? I love that so much because you didn't leave because you were like, ah, school, whatever, man. Like, I'm like, and you know, fine, whatever. People do that, they do that. But you knew yourself. You knew 
I'm not getting a single fucking thing out of this and not like, right. Oh, I don't want to do homework or I don't want to, I mean, well, I have, a, I have a kid like, well, yeah, but like, I have a kid like that. I have a kid who knows themselves. And you know, when they say like, this is just not serving me. Yeah. I believe them because yeah. I know. And I think one of the things, and again, coming back to it, yeah, of course your mom freaked out because again, that's it's why fear. I hate homework. That's actually well, why I hate homework. Oh, it, they make I it hate so much it too. a part of your grade. But the problem is, is that I wouldn't do the homework, but I'd ace the test because I knew the material. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I had an, I had, uh, I won't say it's a complete, but I had a pretty much eidetic memory. Okay. So yeah, you really didn't. You were just like, okay, I got it. Yeah. And I still kind of to this day, the stuff that is locked away in this head, I, I just, it drives me insane. The stuff that I know that I really, that's just useless. No, but, but you know, that, that again, that is, that is fear, right? Because you think, oh, well, you know, they have to graduate high school so that they can go to college and then they could get a job and then they'll have money and they'll be okay and whatever. But like huh. your mom still bought in with you. She yeah. did. And like that, you know, and that to me is more important for a kid than finishing the diploma or whatever. And you still got it anyway, first of all, but like to be that age and to know yourself and what you needed and what you wouldn't, wouldn't tolerate anymore by 17, 18, like right. that's going to serve you in life way better than staying in school for another seven months. You know what I mean? Like that's the, yeah. and, and it, it, and it holds because you do that now you still do that you're doing that with your music you're doing it with the way that you're doing your music and and it's this that if you can trust yourself like that and then you have someone in your life that that backs you up in that even when they can't see what you see that's such a gift it's such a gift i have an associate's degree in musical theater that's what i have that's awesome. I went to do my bachelor's degree, but at the same time, I got to that point where I wanted I wanted to switch majors to music instead of musical theater. Okay. They wouldn't let me do it because I didn't have all the theory. <sighs> so I quit I quit college because of that. You weren't gonna get to do what you were wanted to do. Yeah. Right. It was it was at that point again pointless for me to complete. I mean, I still had the degree, which was enough to get me pretty much into any door right. that I wanted to do. Right. You know, and the way that I've conducted myself, I mean, I, I, I went into the one field that I could do, which was sales, you know, so I, I've been with Verizon for over 10 years. And okay. you know, as a sales representative, I've been, you know, in leadership roles in stores. Um, I do work from home, you know, over the phone sales and stuff like that. Um, but that's what I've done as a job. And that job has mm -hmm. allowed me to do absolutely everything that and I learned everything that I needed to yep, yep. on the job. Yep. Yeah. I've taken courses. I've learned, you know, leadership. I've learned, you know, what it takes to be a trainer. I mean, I've got all of these skills that I've learned just from acting. Doing it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> exactly. taking the courses that they offer through the job. Yeah. You know, I thought about going back to school for, you know, like a business degree and stuff like that. And I may still do that, but um, the stuff that I would like to do is I'd like to go back to, uh, to school for music marketing and, um, yeah. and um, sound engineering. Absolutely. That's what, I, that's what I would like to do. Absolutely. And maybe at some point as I get a little bit older, cause I'm turning 40 in about a month. Okay. Um, I'll so be we'll, to, we'll buy you a cane and a pair of teeth. Don't worry. We'll send it to you. That's, that's, you know, we all I get feel, there, right? I feel like that's what I need right now. Good Lord. <laughs> I know you poor um, thing. 
I turn no, forty, but, and, and my body tells me I'm 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 done well, for, for a month. <laughs> but I'm, but but I mean, like that—that's just it, though. And and I think it's it's perfect that it came about that way because you you have landed exactly where you wanted to be and where you needed to be, and and that that's the whole thing. And I mean, I I think that your it's a lot to process, but I I think that your whole life in the context of the way that you make your music and vice versa it's such a perfect fit right because you you may not always do things the way people want you to do them you may not always have people see exactly what you see but you surround yourself with people who know that they can trust you and trust themselves for what they can do with you and you get what you're trying to get and i yeah. think that's fucking awesome as shit because i mean like that that that's something that it's so difficult to pull that off it's such a rare thing to be able to say you know what this is what's expected of me but this is where i know i need to be and to just you know a thousand people are going in this direction and you go in that one but i think you know to kind of bring it back a little bit and i don't even care about bringing it back but in my head the connections are happening that that's why your music does what it does for me and i'm sure for everybody else that listens because as i said i think earlier there's this confidence in it you know and, and that makes a lot more sense to me now yeah. you know having having heard everything that you've said that that you you really i i it's such a fucking i hate when words have been ruined but like you really have kind of a visionary approach you know it's you know what you want you hear it and even when you can't necessarily get it, you know what needs to be fixed, changed, added, deleted, whatever. And then you also know who you maybe can go to to get that done with you or for right. you or whatever. And I mean, like, that's that's a level of self-possession that is enviable, I think, you know, to, to be able to say, I mean, first of all, I always admire anybody who has the, the, the bravery and the balls and the, and the, the strength to say, I can't do this. I need help with this. Can you help me? Because so many people don't understand that like, you can't get through life well if you don't do that. You really that, can't. And, and honestly, that, that stems from the experiences that I've had uh, since my 20s. Um, you know, and, I'll, and I'll say this. You, when you're young, you, you don't think like this. You don't. <laughs> you have to go through some shit in That's order right. to to get the i'll call it wisdom yeah. but it's 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 more or less the miles that you've put on yourself right but a lot of it stems from the leadership courses that i've taken mm -hmm. a lot of it stems from the trial and error like the first time i ever became a manager the things that i did wrong right right because right. i i mean i sucked as a human being in my 20s <laughs> um, i'm going to be completely honest with you i was a selfish piece of shit. Okay. And I know that about myself because I wanted everything to be my way and, and never compromise for anybody else. Okay. And that ruined friendships, that ruined relationships, that ruined it, part of my music career, right? There was, no, mm. there was no way of explaining things or learning how to lead people in a way. Mm. It was the manager, it was the manager, the power trip, you know, mindset versus I'm going to be the one leading the charge right mindset 
You know, there's right. a difference between a leader and a manager. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, the, the people who lead from the front versus the back, there is exactly. a big difference there. Yeah. So when I change that mindset to being the leader of the one that does things from the front, putting myself out there, that vulnerability, like I've shared with you today, mm-hmm. all of that stems from all of what I've learned from working with people, mm-hmm. and the leadership courses that I've taken, mm-hmm. having children, being in a marriage. Oh, yeah. I've been in a marriage for 10 years and it's not always been easy. Marriages always work. Let's be real. Okay. And if you're not willing to put in the work, of course, it's going to end in divorce. That's right. That's right. Right. You can eat. It's so much easier to give up when things get hard than to buckle down and get tough with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I've learned that and that humbleness from my wife and our marriage. <laughs> right. We have three kids, you know, different personalities. I've got one kid who's a high functioning autistic. I've got, a do- I've got a daughter who's, you know, uh, eight, year, eight years old and already a diva. And then I've got my six-year-old who just, you know, cares about what's in front of him. He still hasn't gotten to that point where anything else matters. He gets upset if something is not his way and uh, he cares about what's in front of him and nothing else. Yeah. So three different personality sets that I have to change the way that I coach because that's what I am. I'm not just a parent. I am a life coach mm-hmm. for kids. So I have to coach them to success. And because of my job goes hand in hand, I've learned how to do that. Is it, 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 it comes to fruition. It's a full Wait circle. a minute. The circle of life. Exactly. <laughs> Let me come back to Elton. There we go. It's a but concentric circle. <laughs> connect everything. The six degrees. There we go. But that's what it's took for me to become the person that I am yeah. now. And that's why, you know, this right here, the idea of the night is mm-hmm. become so important. It's the reason why the name of the band has, you know, of the project is what it is because it's yeah. that sense of duty, it's that sense of honor, yeah. that sense of selflessness that I want to bring back to the world because over the last few years, I've watched this world tumble into chaos. Oh yeah. And people have become mean. Oh yeah. Cruel to each other. And gleeful I, about it. Gleeful and, about and happy it. happy about it, yeah. right? You know, yeah. we used to have be able to have debates on things and it was civil. Now, if anybody has an opposing idea, it's off with their head, yep. it's off with their head. And it doesn't matter what side it's on. No. It, it, it we have, we have no middle anymore. There's no gray. No. Yeah. And I'm hoping that through these mantras, through these things that I'm creating, that I can help some people deal with the adversity that they're going through. That's number one. Mm-hmm. because, you know, again, with my music being vastly emotional, yeah. I'm hoping people can connect to the music and yeah. maybe even save somebody with it, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. people with Farewell, I'm hoping that anybody that has ever gone through a death that I've, like I've experienced, yeah. can connect with this song, yeah. feel what I feel, and find that acceptance at the very end of yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Or, or or at least just not feel alone in the first four fifths of the song part, right? You know, right. I mean that 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 cuz so many times we think what people need is for us to fix their problems and I think almost always what we actually need is someone to sit in them with us. Right. That's the thing and 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 music I think more than almost anything does that. 
you know, it's it's why, you know, people always will have a song that gets them through something. There's always right. a song that's associated with your happiest moments, with your worst moments, with the moments where you had to fight and rebuild your life back. And and there's a reason for that, you know, that yep. there's something uniquely emotional about it. And so I have no doubt that that you're going to to reach and sustain and heal people with what you're doing. And I mean, and and even on a a less specific level listening to your music just makes me happy it just does it just makes me happy it really and i mean you know i was being silly about it in a way when i said it you know but makes me want to go out and do it but like it's it's hopeful and it's joyful and it's bombastic and it's kick ass and it's interesting and it and it's nostalgic for those of us that you know that that do love the 80s and and all of that and i mean like that that I th that's my favorite thing about music is just that you can mm. connect to someone you'll never ever meet on the other side of the world from you just with with music See, you know and, and and you saying that I've already accomplished my mission because when I when I when I did this that's what mm -hmm. I wanted I wanted there you go I just I just needed one person that's all I needed was one person to connect with the music yeah. And to like all the emotions that you've stated, that's that's what I wanted to evoke when I started writing these songs. I wanted people to feel the fire and, and want to go out and fight a battle. I wanted people to find that happiness. I wanted people to help mm -hmm. heal their sadness, like all of those things, because I've gone through all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've gone through even more than we have time to discuss today. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and I mentioned this on, you know, I mentioned things on, on Melanie's, uh, Melanie Nix's podcast as well. Yeah. Love you know, Melanie Nix, yeah. I've got, I've got a song that is not going to be with this album, but, and I'm not even sure it's going to be released under Nightfall because it's vastly different than what I do. Okay. But it's more like an, it's, it's got a nine inch nails kind of vibe to it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but it's called Two Minutes, and that song is about my experience when I attempted to commit suicide. Okay. You know, I have another one that's called Not Ready to Let You Go, which is the song that I wrote for my dad, that I played for my dad in his mm. final days. Wow. That he got to listen to before he passed, that I played at his funeral. I'm going to be redoing that one at some point you know, um, and releasing that one probably won't be on any album. It'll probably just be a straight up right. single. Right. Um, so those two songs are stuff that's, you know, on the back burner right now, but is going to eventually come to the forefront because again, those are, those are healing songs that allows people to know that they're yeah. not, that's, yeah. that, that takes a little bit of a different, you know, tack from the upbeat stuff that I do. It's more angry. It's more mm -hmm. sadness, but it's also, you know, helping people cope with similar situations. Mm -hmm. And I want that, I want that to be something that I can help people with because I've been through it. I was yeah. technically dead for two minutes. Mm -hmm. Technically, they, uh, they, they had to paddle me back. back. So, mm -hmm. I mean, my mom and dad rushed me to the hospital and they had to paddle me. So I went to Clinton Hospital. You know, we were living in Sterling, Massachusetts at the time at our family home. And, um, you know, I decided to, my my mother kept a very healthy pharmacy okay in the house and i was being bullied extremely bullied and it's the one mistake my mother ever made with me and mm. you know she she tried she tried the tough love moment at the wrong time mm. 
And because of what she said to me, I went upstairs and I opened every package, bottle, whatever. I, I took everything that was in that closet. My mother had a backup for the backup. So if it was one package of Sudafed, there was three packages of okay. Sudafed. Okay. If there was one bottle of NyQuil, there was three. If there was one bottle of Dime Tap, there was three. If there was one package of Dime Tap, I mean, she had everything. My dad had gabapentin at the time. Oh, shit. Okay. So I took his pain medica medication. It is astounding to me that you're talking to me right now based on what you're telling me. Oh, I, I shouldn't be. It was, no. it was divine intervention that I'm here at the moment. And because I went through that, I do have a unique view on many things. Oh, yeah. And, I, and, and it has affected how I handle certain situations, you know, because I've been through that. So, and I want people to know that it's, it, you, you can overcome. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is important that you can find strength. I, I made a quote. Um, I was helping a person at my work, actually, who was going through hell, basically. And I just, I, I just blurted it out. And I told them that true strength is, is uh, not discovered until it's required. <laughs> and I was like, damn, did I just create a quote, like <laughs> actual quote that I can put out into the world? And I was like, well, okay, yeah, I did. And I, that, that was even motivating to me because I'm sitting here mm. going, I'm like, think about all the things that I've accomplished. I mean, I didn't even finish high school. Everybody told me I was going to be a failure because I didn't finish high school, mm -hmm. right? I have a paid off house. I have been married for 10 years. I have three beautiful children. I'm making music. I have mm -hmm. a steady job. Mm -hmm. what, what do I have? I'm to so sorry about? that you didn't uh, make anything of yourself, Keith. It's really, uh, it's very depressing to, to hear right, right. <laughs> how correct I, I all those made, people were. Yeah. I haven't yeah. made any smart decisions in my life, but you know, yeah. I was extremely bullied yeah. and all these people were telling, you know, trying to tear me down. And that's why I did what I did was because I felt mm -hmm. like I had no more out. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and nobody wanted to be on my side. Nobody wanted to be on, you know, on Team Keith. And I felt utterly alone yeah. in my grief and my anger and frustration. And that's why I did what I did, because I felt like even my parents didn't have my back. You know, let, let me ask you this, though. And this might be a fuck me kind of question. And <laughs> feel free. Feel free to tell me so if it is. Yep. You said it's the one mistake that your mom ever made with you. Do yep. you hold that against her? No, I forgave her a long time ago. Okay. I want she, you I want you though to think about that when you start guilting yourself about not getting to see her okay cuz no, think about that that's how guilty issue. how guilty do you think your mom felt for that right we, we, would you we, want her to do that no we figured no but at the same time we figured that out a long time ago i mean okay. i get i get where you're going with it yeah but, but i mean at, it's at a similar same time at the same time she made sure that i was okay and got right? me the help that i needed and <clears throat> she realized her mistake and apologized profusely for years afterwards, yeah. you know, because when I told her I, I, I was, I was at the point where I was ready to kill myself. She told yeah. me she, she, her exact wording was, I didn't have the guts. Mm. You don't have the guts to do that. Oh, you know, which was the worst possible thing that you could say to yeah. somebody that was feeling that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I also now know because of her mistake, what mistake never to make if I ever have a child that comes to me with that. That's I know right. how to handle this. That's right. You know That's what I right. mean? So, and, and suicide is such a big problem now. Oh my God. Yeah. People don't talk about it enough. No, I know. Um, when I used to do shows <clears throat> um, as a manager and like helping, you know, set up shows for places and stuff like that, we would do suicide awareness um, shows and stuff like that. If I ever am able to set up shows again <clears throat> in the future, 
I will be definitely making sure to do that. Absolutely. Um, you know, if anybody is having issues, there's places that you can go. That's right. You have this suicide awareness hotline. Okay. Mm -hmm. People to talk to. There's trained counselors there at, at any point in time. Mm -hmm. Now, don't forget, you have friends and family who care about you. Don't think that you have to walk through all of this alone. Okay. That's right. You don't have to. And if you ever feel like everything's closing in on you, my DM is always open. That's right. Same here. Absolutely. Okay. I do not want that for anybody. And trust me when I say for someone that has tried and actually failed, I am happy that things went the way that they went. Yep. But I understand the feeling and it's still a battle all the time. Even though I'm leading a good life, the depression, those moments, they still happen and there's nothing that you can do to fix that. It's mm -hmm. going to happen, mm -hmm. but it's how you cope with it, what you utilize for coping mechanisms. These are all important things to help you get through those tough times when things are closing in on you and you don't feel like you have a way out. That's exactly right. Just remember that. Oh, Keith, I wish I could give you a huge, mainly right-sided hug. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I really just, I, I mean, if I had never spoken to you like this, I, I would have, you know, adored you just for the music that you put out in the world and, and the way that it makes me feel. But to, to sit here with you in this conversation and to hear everything that we've gotten to, which is probably tip of the iceberg, because life is beautiful and awful um, all at once, right? Um, you know, and the way that you the way that 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 emotion is all part of what you're making in your music and what's guiding it and what's what's foundational to it um i don't think there's anybody out here that's not going to pre-save that pre-order that fucking album at this point guys pre-order <clears throat> pre-order it pre-order pre destiny calling you got it you got it now because holy shit none, don't you none of the money <clears throat> that we are making is coming to me Okay. Okay. This is this is all being reinvested in the project so that we can be the highest of caliber because that's the thing. I I've said before I don't want to half ass anything. So if I'm going right. to do a music video, it's going to be of the caliber of Starfall, which is not cheap, okay? Oh, I didn't think it would be. <laughs> all right. And so far, I have done all of this out of my own pocket. Mm. And I also do my best to make sure that the people that I work with are you know, compensated in some way if I'm able to. Absolutely. Right. So I don't want this to be like, you know, a free for hire. Now there's been a couple people that have volunteered, mm -hmm. right? And I've I've offered, okay. And they have said, no, 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 I'm doing this. I, you know, we just love working with you. Like yeah. this, this is this is my favor to you because I want to be part of this. Okay, <laughs> cool. You know, but I too I do try to fairly compensate everybody that I work with, yeah. you know, and it is extremely important to me that I'm able to do so. But when I'm doing this all by myself and I have three kids and I have, you know, all the other things that I have to pay in life. I oh, every able. every single person watching this right, right now, listening to this right now knows exactly how expensive it is to follow your passion. That's right. Made of money. So in order <laughs> to keep bringing you this high caliber. There you go. Of, of product we need the sales right so the t-shirt sales the cd sales all of this is important we do have a GoFundMe um to to uh, fund the next group of music videos which i i hope we can hit our goal all right the goal is twenty thousand. all right and i know that seems like a high goal but i've done the pricing to right. get the film crew over to where we want to go 
<laughs> to be able to film the stuff, which would be England. It adds up so fast. Holy shit. Okay. That's <laughs> 10K just in travel costs. Oof. All right. Then you have film production costs. You have, you know, uh, you know you're talking, you're rent, uh, not rent, but like uh, like hotel rooms. Oh, forget. Space. Yeah. Yeah. All room, food, board, food. food yeah. Board, no. It's, that yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. still going to be more than 20000 to That's get it right. all done. <clears throat> so we're just asking for that much so that we can actually put the plan into so place. So see, you pre-order <laughs> this yes. and you you help make more music possible, right? We all get that. You yep. and and then you get you get a great album from it. It's not like you're even just yep. giving money away. And then hopefully it will be not too 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 much longer, but you have to take care of yourself, your health. You have to make sure all your collaborators are healthy and not, yep. you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, complete renovation or whatever, so you can get things right. done. But before we wrap up, I just want to make sure because we didn't get too much into it, but we alluded to it. I, I want you guys to go to Spotify, wherever you, whatever, go and listen. Okay, we've got waiting for you. We talked about it already. And follow. We've, and and follow right absolutely and we've got we talked about the pat benatar cover invincible it is one of the best covers i've ever heard honestly and i'm a cover band girl so i i i know covers um it it actually i think at least instrumentally elevates the original yep so that, that was the goal I, yeah. I, I i'm that that is one of my favorite songs of all time yeah and it's probably like one of my top five favorite songs of all time. And it's a great wanted- fucking song. But I love that you slowed it down a little bit. You made it heavier. You added the blast beat drums. Like Only it's- enough. It's the same tempo. Is it really? Yes, it is. You know, I, I meant to go and double check that. And then I forgot to do that. But it, I think because of the... The orchestration and yes, all that makes it, it feel different. It, it, yeah. it does. It does. And it and it's even if the tempo isn't slower, the feel of it is slower. And it. I like that right. because you sit in the pocket a little bit more rather right. than bouncing past it. So that's very cool. I like that even better, that's, actually. That's why the orchestration build up. That's why the added guitar riff that oh, I put yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. Um, th- though I-, I wanted to do justice to the song, but I didn't want to make a carbon copy. No, there was no right? point. Yeah, I that song didn't it... need a carbon copy. It was good enough right. on its own. But yeah, no. Well, this I've is... heard so many versions of that song that are basically a carbon copy, and they're just boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the, the especially that, if you're not going to have Pat them. Benatar. <laughs> right. Well, the people <laughs> that are doing them are talented. Don't get me wrong. Oh no, but it's it's but it's yeah boring. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. I've heard covers that were just poorly executed. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lord knows those are out there. So no, but you got to hear this cover. And then we've talked about the Musketeer a bit. Seriously, big 80s power ballad, metal feel, big male chorus, like buzzy guitar, like big riffs. This is like if Dio went to see the never ending story and like <laughs> what it is just seriously like it. it, it and, and again, as we mentioned, that line that we always stick together, we are always in forever one for all, like the, you know, the, the guitar and, and, and D and in tandem with each other and Patrick's guitar, the whole fucking thing is cool. We so will, go, go we listen. Will, we will stand together. We are always in forever. Oh, is that what it is? I'm sorry. Okay. So we, we, we got to listen, go listen and get the words right. <laughs> when yep. you listen, but I can't remember them exactly, well, but I can hear the riff in my head as I'm saying it. So go listen. Like, oh, sorry. It, go ahead. I was gonna say, and that, and that's where I get other inspiration from too. Is you know, like I love Alexander Dumas as a writer. Um, so the Three Musketeers is one of my favorite stories. So when I came up with that riff and I came up with the All Hail, I was like, son of a, I got, I got to do the Musketeers. Yeah, yeah. This has got to be this. So I wrote all of the lyrics 
based off of that story and I tried to condense it as much as, as possible. No, I just, I loved, I loved it because I'm listening and I'm like, is this really what I think? Because I thought maybe the, the title was a, you know, going to be a metaphor or something. I was like, nope, it's, this is really what we're talking about. I was fully yep. here for it. But so go listen, go like, go follow, go do all the things, go, go pre-order the album and, 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 and do all of that. But listen, <clears throat> Keith, you, you know, now you think, you know, Ooh, after all of this, it feels weird to shift gears like this, but that's okay. <laughs> this show is fundamentally weird because I am fundamentally weird and so is Greg and we're cool with that. <laughs> we end every show with a little segment we like to call In the Vox Seat. So I'm going to ask you the same five questions I've asked everyone who's been on this show. Okay, and we will begin with an interesting one for you, which is if you had to sum up Nightfall's music in five words or less, what would you say? Symphonic power metal 80s fusion. Done. Done. Cut, print, done. <laughs> okay. And I, I wouldn't change a single word. That's that's pretty much perfect. Okay. So your favorite thing about being a musician? The creative process. I mean, when when you get that idea in your head and you start to bring it to fruition, you know, sometimes it's just a melody and you, I mean, like you want to do so much more when you come up with the basic melody. And I always start with a piano riff, basically. Oh, um, tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Usually, usually, cause I get piano is my main, my main, right. yeah, sure. I usually come up with the idea on the piano and then I go over to my DAW and my, you know, my uh, MIDI controller and I start plugging in other things at that point in time and, and putting the layers in the stuff that I hear in my head. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten pretty good where I can get most of it out. The only part that I struggle with is the guitar. I can, I can play good rhythm guitar. Um, but so I'm not a solo guitar player. So I have to sure. rely on people like Patrick and George and right. they're great because of the fact that I can literally say, Hey, I want this riff to be la -la 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 -la, and they're able to <laughs> great. Mimic, mimic that for me. Um, and get what I've got in my head in there. Sometimes I can play the riff on the keyboard, but I love that creative process, mm. the build of the song. Because I spend, I mean, I, I know some people spend 10 minutes on a song. Some people spend an hour on a song. I probably literally spend over 50 hours on each song that I record. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that tracks for me, but that's still astounding if you really think about that. So, yeah. So, Starfall okay. is closer to 80. Okay. See, it's all part of that slacking that we knew you were going to do from when you were very young, Keith. It's just, you know, you just, yeah. So, okay, so creative process. And I love that too, because a lot of people will say being creative, but I don't think anyone has specifically said the creative process before, and they are different things. So yeah. I, I like that you like that journey to the to the end point too. So, yeah. but then my, my next question is the flip side of that, which is your least favorite thing about being a musician. Live performing. Okay. Okay, talk to me about that a little bit. Is it is it a stage fright thing or is it a No, I just I don't like to get caught up in all of that. I, you know, it's 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 I I've I, I'm I have in the past have had an addictive personality to things. Okay. You know, so that includes, you know, cigarettes, alcohol, all that stuff. I've quit all of those things, but I know that if I am put too far into yeah. the limelight that I could get addicted to that. And yeah. I you know, granted Doing what I do, there's always a chance of that happening, right. but I would hire a hired gun to be the performer for Nightfall on tour, honestly. Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly content 
being the producer, the right. writer, right. and being behind the scenes, and maybe once in a great while gracing the right. stage with a performance of a song and stuff like that. Right. But for the actual tours, I would much rather somebody else be playing the parts. You just go see it, you know, like get somebody with like a long wig and a goat and just, you know, stick them out on stage and just keep them really far away. No one will even know. You could be in the back Wizard of Ozing it even if you wanted to. Right. But right. I, no, I hear you, that though. That cool. That's yeah, it would be. Actually. That would be cool is to just kind of be in the background watching how the fans react to stuff, Ooh, you know, that, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, like, like, like like an actor going to see their own movie in disguise or something. Exactly. That's no. I, look, I, I get what you're saying, though, because that it's it is again, you know yourself. So that's you know, and it's good that you don't need that so um okay all right so and this i'm this i'm i'm very interested to hear what you're going to say because even though i i have a sense and we've talked about some of it um we didn't get too into influences so if you had to pick just one album to listen to for the rest of your life night wishes once okay tell me why that's the album that changed my life Okay. Literally. Um, you know, I had some influences prior to that. Like my first metal album was Megadeth Countdown to Extinction. Okay. My first metal song was Symphony of Destruction. So that started me on the path to metal. Okay. But then I heard um, Wishmaster, which is off of the 1999 album Wishmaster. Or okay. is it 2000? It might be 2000. Um, <laughs> anyway, I heard that song after starting to dive into Finnish music. Okay. Um, As we I, do. I found Stradivarius, which was a, a Finnish power metal symphonic band. And then I found Nightwish with that song, Wishmaster. But then in 2004, when they released Once, for me, that was pretty much the most perfect album I have ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Like everything about that album gelled with me. Okay. And that's when I knew that I wanted to create symphonic metal. Okay. That was the moment. And it was from start to finish. I mean, the, the, the album opens up with Dark Chest of Wonders which is just this crazy, like insane ride of a song. And then towards the end of the album, you get this insane epic song called Ghost Love Score, which is my all time favorite song of all time. Okay. Just like, I, I, I could listen to that song over and over and over again. I've heard many people cover it. I've listened to pretty much every iteration of that song that has ever existed. <clears throat> and I love it to death and it never gets old for me. It's a, okay. it's a 10 minute long song. Holy shit, okay. So, but it is beautifully done, absolutely beautifully done. Um, my AOL Instant Messenger name uh, was one of the songs from that album. It was uh, wow. Planet Hell, Planet Hell. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, Wish Wish I Had an Angel um, was one of the first songs that Nightwish got into a movie credit. And that, that was playing on your MySpace page, I guess, right? So, <laughs> Probably, more than likely. Um, it, uh, what was it? It was... Um, Alone in the Dark with Christian Slater and Tara Reid was, was, I believe, wow. was that, that was the movie that that song played, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, I, I believe it won the Oscar for Best Picture that year, if I'm not <laughs> yeah, mistaken. Yeah, no, it's a terrible movie, <laughs> terrible movie. But Nightwish was getting recognition, and I was super happy for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, their, their first single off of the album, which is Nemo, which is a little bit of a slower rock song, but just equally powerful and melodic. And just I, one of the first songs I learned to play on guitar, honestly, oh, cool. was Nemo. Okay. Um, and I just love everything about what, you know, Thomas uh, Halepainen creates. He is a visionary. Okay. There we go. Um, he is my biggest idol. I have met him twice. Well, three times. Okay. But Did he know about all three of them or was this like yes. late at night outside his bedroom window? Okay. You no, actually no, no, no. So, <laughs> so right, okay. during the 2004 tour, 
Um, I was actually doing a show. I was doing a um, uh, a musical, and and I could not see Nightwish when they were in Massachusetts. Aww. So a buddy of mine and I drove like eleven hours to Lakewood, Ohio, to catch their next show. Okay. All right. So I drove wow. all the way. Now Lakewood is a small town. So in two thousand four, that was when Tario was singing for them. That was like you know the first real iteration of. Nightwish, like the you know century child, you know to once Nightwish with Marco okay. and 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 all that. Okay. It was absolutely fantastic because it was a smaller venue. They were not uh, as big, okay, and they had a band uh, from Finland called Lullacry open for them, which nobody even remembers anymore. But they were absolutely fantastic, and I still huh. love their music to this day. Um, but Nightwish just blew me away, and the fact that they were willing to spend so much time. Um, we got there really early. Their bus got stuck. Um, trying to get to the venue, so we actually helped them move the bus. Oh no way! <laughs> All the fans got together so cool. that were there. <clears throat> That's very cool. The bus. So they they ended up spending a lot of time with us. Aww. Um, so I got to meet Thomas. I got to meet Marco and have like serious conversations with That's them. Amazing. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I got to meet Yuka and Empu and um, Antaria, and. At the end, there was only one hotel, and they happened to be staying at the same hotel as us. So I got to literally sit in the hallway with Thomas, drinking wine <laughs> of the hotel, asking all kinds of questions oh, about wow. how he got started with music. Oh wow! And then in 2005, after they fired Taria, um, or you know, split. I don't. I want to say split amicably. They really did fire her because um, <clears throat> they they had two different visions, and I get it. But they had not yet re uh, released who the new singer was going to be and when the new album was coming out. I ran into him in New York City, Thomas, okay? Just sheer happenstance. We were both <laughs> in New York City in the Virgin Megastore basement level with all the DVDs. Okay. A huge store, and you still ran into him. Okay. And I ran into him, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I asked him, I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, we hung out. In the hallway drinking show, wine, yeah. <laughs> in the hallway, you were drinking wine. I had some beer, and we just you know shot the shit for a while. And he he told me he remembered. Um, and you know we we talked for a good half an hour down there. He was oh, getting wow. he was picking up a couple of DVDs. The one one of the ones he had in his hand was was Gladiator actually, um, <clears throat> because again he's a huge fan of Hans Zimmer. There you go. Um, but they were there talking with Nuclear Blast USA about the new album, and they were going to be unveiling the new singer. And I, I tried to get it out of them. I was like, come on, man. Who, who did you get? Who did it's you get? me, right? <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> he was like, nope. It was like, nice try. And I was like, oh, dang, I'm a huge fan. Well, I cannot wait for the new album to come out and whoever you choose. And a lot of people hated the new singer. I absolutely, I, I, it was different. Okay. It was completely different. She's more That's of a pop why people singer. hated it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was different from the operatic style, but I absolutely love the music that he created for her. Um, and I, I love that iteration of Nightwish. I love every iteration of Nightwish. I'm not that Fairweather fan that just likes the one. The no, one you, you definitely do not come off as Fairweather. No. Absolutely not. Okay. So, but that, but that particular that, album, yep. that was, one. that was the game changer. Once. And everything about that album was just, perfect i mean all the, the, the again eclectic styling of songs even though they were all symphonic metal stylings a lot of them had different vibes like mm. the siren the siren had that almost middle eastern like greek sound to mm -hmm. it you had romanticide which was over overly heavy um okay. that had like a killer breakdown in it you had the ghost love score which was just beautifully composed everything about it, it was the first album they ever did with a full symphony orchestra oh wow playing with them 
right? Which which is what set them set them on the map to to the great. Well, and it, it makes sense too why you would like that one specifically yeah. so much. So I love that you didn't even have to. I didn't even finish the question. <laughs> you were like, I have the answer. I got it. I mean, yeah, you're making me want to go listen now to everything. I don't know, but okay, all right. Listen, Keith, we've gone through your history, we've gone through family, we've gone through trauma and tragedy, we've gone through joy and visionary status and all this other stuff. And all of it's gonna pale in comparison to this final question. So I, I've taken to now asking the, 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 the guest to give me a moment to settle the crowd, okay? Because Freaky's not okay right now and Dom is, denying that he cares and we, we we've got a lot of um clamor so i'm gonna let everybody get their shit together and i'm gonna ask you the question the hot button issue here it is your toilet paper roll does the toilet paper come from over the top or under the bottom and why mm. freaky is saying don't screw this up nightfall i like you don't screw this up so no. so just like everything in my life is a collaboration, it depends on which bathroom. Oh, this is a new thing. Okay, okay. So, so, so they they never built a toilet paper thing in the apartment bathroom where I had where I had my dad, and that's okay. the bathroom that I use the most, honestly. Okay. Um. So what I did was I grabbed one of those things that like fits in the the back of the toilet. And the, the toilet paper is technically on its side. Okay. Okay. Right? So I just, it's Your right paper next to me. I grab it. it. Yep. Okay. I do my thing. The one in, um, <clears throat> the one in the upstairs bathroom that does have the roll, that one is where, you know, my wife and my kids go to the bathroom. That one, um, comes, it's, it's over. Okay. Okay. And then because of the location of the one down here in my studio area, because of where it's located, if you have it, if you have it set as over and you try to pull, it like just keeps going and doesn't stop. So, so you have under? to flip it. You have to flip it so that it's <laughs> under in order to in, in order for it to not roll that way. You are polyrolius. You are the first. <laughs> Tri-rolius, polyrolius person. We've had birolius people before. We have had dedicated overs mostly. We've had a couple of dedicated unders, notables, and we have Dean. But now Greg may need to add <laughs> Keith because I don't know. I don't know because this is this. Now let me ask you this though, because one of them is well, actually, one of them is an architectural choice. Yes. One of them is a, you're not really in that bathroom choice. So it's almost a location-based decision. And the other one is a, um, a, an engineering issue. Given your druthers, just with a big fat empty, whatever to put the thing on or a freestanding <laughs> bit, would you so, choose a particular direction? I feel, I feel like this is something that is, uh, you know, like your parents because of what they do. It's something that you just picked up. So my 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 initial response when I go to put a roll of toilet paper is to do over. Okay. I 
but that's because may- that's the way my parents always had it in their house. Okay, but but if you had a default, it would be over. Yeah. Okay, guys, I don't know. But I've become quite accustomed to the sideways one. <laughs> you and you and you and Joel from Grimrock, I think he wants to put it on a paper towel holder. That's that's the thing, and just spin that's it out. Basically, like, what this thing is, it's, just, it's <laughs> but it, it's an actual toilet paper dispenser. But it, it, it like when you pull off the top of the toilet, it goes you know on the back of the toilet, and then you put the top back on, and it's right there. I think we're gonna have to call you an over. But you know what? I don't, I really, I almost want to ask Greg what he thinks right now, but I don't know. I, I think we're going to have to call it an over, I think, because it, given your choice, that is what you said you would do. Even though you believe you were, you were toilet paper indoctrinated in a way, um, it is, it would still be your choice. So I'm sorry, Dom, you had a, a, a glimmer of an under there um and i took it away from you and i'm sorry but um wow you know what there's something so fitting about that that you have taken one thing and and presented it in three radically different ways that were still all how somehow cohesive and that's, that's and my fault <laughs> there you go that's it <laughs> that's i, I really am starting to cultivate this opinion that people's toilet paper orientation stance does factor into their music in some way shape or form whatever it is so i think there we go we've we've tied it all back together in the weirdest I mean, fucking way possible that, it, it, it makes sense though you know I, I i do all these collaborations there's all these different layers to nightfall so we've See? got different See? ways of doing toilet paper I See? Mean, there that's you it go. that's it depending on which toilet paper holder he's collaborating with It's going to go completely differently, but in the end you get the result that you want and that that's just like the music. So there you go. I don't want to extend this metaphor one millimeter farther because it's getting into a really weird area, but this, this is definitely um, up there in one of my favorite conversations, interviews, whatever you want to call it. I really, um, I I hope it came across how much I love night falls music, your music and, um, I'm so happy for you that you're getting to do this and do it the way that you want to do it. And I cannot wait, cannot wait for Destiny Calling. Guys, really do please pre-order, okay? Um, Because after this, how could you not want to hear this album, right? (laughs) I will leave you you with a couple of um, tastes for the future. Okay. Okay, all right. So I am providing orchestration for a video game called Aspect Heroes. And you may or may not recognize some of the pieces of music in this video game. Okay. They may be be orchestral versions of songs that are on the album. Maybe. Maybe. This is a highly theoretical, conceptual conversation we're having right now. Who's to say? Who's to say? Just maybe. Um, And then the plan for the future, I've already technically got um, material for three follow-ups. So one EP. Only three. Well, I've got the material for the musical, so I may. I'm, I'm thinking about resurrecting the rock opera. So mm-hmm. I'm probably. I want to do that. <clears throat> I do have more material for a second album. Okay, I've already got stuff that's there, and then I do have an EP that was based on the Crusades that has been sitting on the shelf for ten plus years that needs to finally happen. It was originally some of the music I wrote when I was still in Ethos. 
Okay. Um, that All right. Jessica and I had already started collaborating on way back a long time ago, and Todd and I started collaborating on way back a long time ago. Okay. So, so you're you're locked that. and loaded with that too. Okay. Yeah. So look at this. So, we've we've got the video game, which may or may not have orchestral versions of things that may or may not be familiar. And we've got we've got two album. Well, we've got a rock opera, an album, and an EP. Look at you. Yeah. So I can't wait. I cannot wait. Keep and then last, ooh, last ooh. but not least, so the character that's on the shirt for Destiny yeah. Calling is a character by the name of Vaden Mir. Okay. Okay. Character I created when I was about 16 years old. Oh, cool. And he's part of a huge. I used to run this as a D and D campaign. So he's part of a huge story world that I created. So one of the things that I am planning on doing in the next few years is actually writing out this story and maybe even turning it into a game, TV show, something along those lines, and giving you all a fantasy show featuring Nightfall music. I'm so sold. Okay. (laughs) I'm, I'm, fuck, I don't even know. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that except so again, please, please yes do follow yes. pre-order because if you want all of these things they all cost money yeah yeah <laughs> or you know donate lots and lots of uh you know free studio time and I don't even know yep. what but yeah go 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 pre-order that's the easiest way to do it yep. holy shit okay exciting stuff coming out Keith thank you thank you thank you thank you for everything that you brought to this conversation. Thank you for being here and spending your evening with me. Thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me to take part. I enjoyed this immensely. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Guys, holy shit, that's it. Another boxing guest in the books. We will see you next time. Bye.